Hi y'all, John Alcorn, that one dude 2020, really the CEO and founder of the God Over Money Sports Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. knows his stuff uh you know he's not afraid to go at people and no player should have that much control over an organization well last time i checked this is not the los angeles lebron how did you get blocked by lebron james on twitter talking about you know wanting to inspire and, and like i'm inspired right now i want to run through a brick wall for you right now i cutthroat it's very you know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. God put me in a position. It's always a good time when I get to get on that dude 2020's show. What is up, folks? That one dude, 2020 here on the God Over Money Sports Network. So far, the stream looks good. There's no issues. Thank gosh, Facebook this time doesn't decide to be a lazy turd. But, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the show and get into our little prayer break. We do pretty much every single show. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. It's another episode, no matter how hard it gets. Always going to be doing this. I'd let this be a blessing to somebody. In Jesus' name. Amen. The verse of the day we have is in Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Render your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate. 
slow to anchor. I know that that's something a lot of people struggle with. I've struggled with it hurts of just being patient. Sometimes, a lot of times, especially in the sports world, things don't go your way. And abounding in love, he relents from sinning from minity. A Bible story, though, as we're talking about this with the Bible verses, then Jesus died on the cross. A lot of times in this world nowadays, grace, now it doesn't exist. You messed up. You screwed up. You're too far from God. Well, folks, that's a lie. No matter your mistakes, your screw-ups, as long as you have breath in your lungs right now, you have an opportunity to have a relationship in Christ to be made new in him. No matter your mistakes, our mistakes, every human has made mistakes. We're a human. We were born in sin, and that is okay, and that's the beauty part in him is coming back to him no matter our mistakes or spirits. We have an opportunity in him. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to our NFL topics of tonight here. The NFL season is coming to approach. I know it's the preseason, but I just need me some football. I feel like this offseason has been incredibly busy with so many amazing special guests and a lot of great special guests coming in August in September, so just be patient. So we're going to go through all 32 NFL teams one by one and predict kind of what the record could be, injuries or anything could happen. But, of course, breaking news coming out of the NFL a couple hours ago or so, people know that uh, Cameron Akers is unfortunately out for the entire 2021 season due to tearing his ACL. Man, that guy was a ph- dog. He was a phenomenal. Their best leading rusher for the Los Angeles Rams in 2020. I wish him the best in his health and his recovery. And uh, It's unfortunate. I don't know if there's anything the NFL can do because more and more, these past couple of years plus, even before COVID, we've seen a lot more and more of ACL tears. So hopefully something can happen in the future. But number one, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I know the Arizona Cardinals last year, you could easily call it a disappointing season, then you wouldn't be wrong. There could be a lot of blame to necessarily go around. Cliff Kingsbury, the offense wasn't running. There was no chemistry. They were trying to find their identity as an offense, and that could be pinpointed back to the head coach, the Cliff Kingsbury. It's a team game. I get it. To the first eight weeks, six and two. Number one offense. We're going to the 2021 campaign in the NFC West with a very, very tough division with the Los Angeles Rams, with Seattle, with the San Francisco 49ers here. This is one of the hardest, toughest divisions this year. I know we have the AFC East, which is a, in terms of quarterback, phenomenal, defense, phenomenal. This is going to be a hard year for Arizona because either they have to prove a couple of things or they have to say, hey, or show people what can Cliff Kingsbury do as a head coach. Despite the NFC West being a very, very tough division in 2020, 2019, and 2021, 
I had to really pick their record record for say 18 games. Sorry, 17 games, 18 weeks. I could see the Arizona Cars going 10 and 7, 11 and 6. I definitely think they're a playoff team, but they're gonna have to be watching film. Be like, what do we need to do different? What was the problem? You brought in Kenan Drake, who had a great year, or say great, a career year. Play a little bit with Miami. And the rest of it with that season with the Arizona Cardinals played great. But the question is now, you got James Conner, Chase Edmonds, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. You got A.J. Green. The question is if somehow the offense fails, either the clinch the division or against divisional teams in the 2021 regular season, can we trust A.J. Green to be 100% healthy? But he's not the number one guy. That's DeAndre Hopkins. But this is 31, 32-year-old A.J. Green. Are we going to get 2017 A.J. Green? Are we going to get 2015? Are we going to get the playoff A.J. Green from years ago when Andy Dunn made multiple Pro Bowls? That's the thing with the NFL. And pretty much you can say in any sport. So much uncertainty here. And if the Cardinals, if somehow, I mean, it's definitely a possibility here. If somehow the Arizona Cardinals win a division, and have this great record. Who's going to get the credit? Either by fans or either by media. As much as I have so much confidence in this Arizona Cardinals football team, I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. Before I get to more of my thoughts on the Arizona Cardinals and their predictions here, James Gonzalez, Chair with James Gonzalez comes in to say, I like in this preseason games, I do, because I love more, love more football. I love football. It's my favorite sport, in my opinion, the greatest sport on the planet. Always interested in position battles on all 32 teams. It's very interesting. Like, I know preseason isn't as exciting as it used to be, but it does give certain guys opportunities. Because imagine the 2016 preseason, Dak Prescott comes in at Mississippi State. Fourth round pick. Andrew comes in, plays phenomenal. If we didn't have the preseason that season, or even at all, would the Cowboys potentially would have had that type of season they had in 2016 when they went to the division round? We don't know. But going back to more of the comments here before we continue on with more. A, uh, more episode six that would do 2020 God of Money Sports. Now we're going to be talking about all 32 NFL teams, the quarterbacks and their weapons, how it's going to influence your season, and how each team could potentially do this season. It's just predictions, it's not guaranteed facts. James Gonzalez also comes in to say big loss for the Los Angeles Rams. Talking about Cam Akers missing of the entire 2021 campaign due to a torn ACL. Injuries are awful. I couldn't agree more, my man. But to me, worse than they are before the season starts. For the longest time, but just kind of adding on to that point, James, is that when they were in that Super Bowl, yes, they had a stacked defense. Yes, they had a great offensive line. Yes, they had receivers and tight ends. 
But what was one of the biggest things? When Todd Gurley got it going in the running game. What did they do very well last year? The running game. Now that you don't have Cameron Akers on this team. CJ Anderson's been gone for years. He's retired. How is this offense going to be? Yes, they got Rand, or sorry, they got Robert Woods. They got Cooper Cup. Great receivers. They're a team that's one of the most pressured teams this year. It's either Super Bowl win or bust. Not Super Bowl appearance, but Super Bowl win or bust. That's a stat team. Super Bowl window is this year, next year. If they don't win the Super Bowl this year, and maybe most size or other people's size, it's not success. But who knows, my man. But hopefully, like I said, folks, here, it's past 45-plus years we've I've seen an increase of torn ACLs in the NFL on and off the field. I'm not sure if the NFL can do anything about that, but maybe it's something to look into. Again, I'm not a doctor or anything of the sort. James Gonzalez also comes in to say, can't wait to see Kenny Drake on my Raiders backing up Josh Jacobs. It's going to be great to see Josh Jacobs back this year. It is going to be great to see Kenny Drake. I know he's not necessarily the best, but again, those guys that are dual threat, like Derek Carr come in, this could be a potentially interesting season for the Las Vegas Raiders. James Gonzalez also says, hoping J.J. Watt can play a whole season. I couldn't agree more, my man. Who's J.J. Watt fan? I don't have anything. I probably give some great, great honor off the field. Phenomenal leader. Maybe that can help that defense just because they have fans, Joseph. He was a terrible head coach. Not a great defensive coordinator. So hopefully bringing J.J. Watt as a veteran winter can help that defense and that entire team. But going back to the Arizona Cardinals, their season. Potentially, I could see 11 and 11 and 6, 12 and 5. Now, anything can happen. I'm convinced of Kyler Murray. I'm convinced of DeHop. The biggest factor in terms of questioning how can this guy or can this guy stay healthy is AJ Green. My prediction or just thought is even if, even if AJ Green stays healthy. Is he going to be that big of a factor? It's like Holy Jones going to Tennessee again. Holy Jones is a much better receiver, in my opinion. But at certain positions, especially in the NFL, when you hit those early 30s, you had a great career before. But looking at it now, can they produce? Can they help their team in big division coaching moments or against teams that they've struggled with in the past? So, who knows what's going to happen with the Arizona Cardinals, but I say potentially 11 and 6, 12 and 5. They could. They do have a chance to win the division. It just depends in the future, also, I think, how Seattle handles the Jamal Adams contract situation. Was there really any drama with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll? Who knows? But any NFL news or sports topics will be talked about on that one dude 2020. Right on. The God over. Money Sports Network. The next team, of course, is the Atlanta Falcons. I know they traded Julio Jones. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, I believe, with the fourth or fifth overall pick in this year's draft. I don't know what it is with Atlanta, but folks in life, we've all had moments, whether we screwed up, made a huge mistake, you need to move on. 
from that relationship, from that anything else. You need to move on. You're in denial. That's what I believe the Atlanta Falcons are in with Matt Ryan. I'm not saying Matt, I'm not saying Matt Ryan is a bum. He's not. Is he elite? No. You could say different factors of certain situations or certain guys not staying healthy or maybe something's happening in the organization. I'm not saying it's all on Matt Ryan. But what are the, what is the team trying to do? They're in denial. And they're, they're in, a, in an identity crisis. Are you trying to win right now? Or are you trying to rebuild? Because in most cases, or at least in some teams, when they trade their star receiver, regardless if the receiver is in their late 20s or early 30s, it means that team is trying to rebuild. But Atlanta's still trying to win now. Yes, you had that fat My Ryan contract that had 35 plus million dollars, switch it to about 21, 22. Matt Ryan's getting older. You have a new head coach. It's just such a confusing direction. Think about it. Matt Ryan in his mid, almost late 30s, you get a new head coach. Usually when you get a new head coach, you trade your star receiver or veteran star receiver. Does that spell trying to get to a Super Bowl? Does that spell you're trying to contend right now? Because there's no way the Atlanta Falcons are making the playoffs. There's no way they're going to clinch a division. If you were to play Madden 21, terrible game. EA blocked me from their email list. Or this next game, Madden 22. Yeah, you could have a chance. Put it on rookie mode. Don't even put it on all Madden. The Falcons have a lot of issues. His Coppins is a phenomenal player. One of the best offensive, in my opinion, the best offensive player in this year's draft. We know his talent. That's great. But Atlanta has been in an identity crisis for years. Some people could play a certain blame. Oh, the defense can't stay healthy. The defense can't stay consistent. They're 100% right. Look at their defensive tackle and Grady Jarrett, who hasn't been consistent his whole career. But because of that season in 2016, you had what happened in 2017, going to the Super Bowl. I just don't understand. Like, what are you trying? Who? Who? Are you going to blame this year when it doesn't go right with Atlanta? It just doesn't make any sense. But if I had to pick what Atlanta's record would be, I could say 7 and 10, 8 and 9. Again, pending any other injuries in the NFL. So, again, so far we talked about the Arizona Cardinals and the Atlanta Falcons. So, we're going to go through the Arizona Cardinals, excuse me, and the Atlanta Falcons starting quarterback, kind of. Quickly talk about the weapons, and we'll continue forward with that one, dude, 2020, right on the God Over Money Sports Network. Kyler Murray, look at this offense on paper. We know DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, James Conner, a free agent that came to the Arizona Cardinals, replaced Le'Veon Bell in 2019. Chase Edmonds. This could be... A very interesting year, or it could go wrong really quick. We all know this. We saw it in 2019 with the Cleveland Browns. Just And we see this in general all the time in the NFL. Just because on paper you have a team that looks like a great playoff contender doesn't mean exactly what's going to happen. Now, I have no doubt they're a playoff contender, but when you look at this offense with DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, 
James Conner and Chase Edmonds. There's still the factor of the head coach in Cliff Kingsbury. And you still have advanced Joseph. So this offense has success. Is it first the running game, then the passing game, or is it really a little bit of both? I'd be really interested to see how is this offense going to run any different based on the failed attempt to the playoffs in the 2020 season. Who knows in any way, shape, or form, but it'd be very interesting to see what happens with DeAndre Hopkins out in all this great roster again. This roster is on paper. Great roster on paper doesn't mean you're going to go far in the playoffs, even make the playoffs, have a random record, beat divisional teams. Who knows or no way, no how. Next one here, quarterback Matt Ryan. Julio Jones has gone to Tennessee. You got Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley. Said so this team's not making the playoffs. 7 and 10, 8 and 9. Well, Kyle Pitts. Now, who is the number one receiving weapon? We love Calvin. I think he's a phenomenal player when healthy. If Calvin really can stay healthy, I can see him maybe this year being the number one receiver. Now that Julio Jones has been there since 2011, and now it's in Tennessee, does somehow the offense, do they tweak the offense with the new head coach? Do they also tweak the offense with the new head coach and now Julio Jones isn't there? Is it just going to be throwing the Kyle Pitts half the time? Is it going to be throwing the Kyle Ridley all the time? Are you going to solely adjust Kyle Pitts? No, he's a phenomenal offensive talent. I'm just really interested to see how on the field, not necessarily in terms of losses, but in terms of numbers, passing out all those great things, how the offense is going to be run or how it's going to be with Kyle Pitts and Calvin really could definitely be very interesting here, folks. But again, that one, dude, 2020, running the God over money, sports network. Have your comments, questions, or concerns. Think I'm crazy. I don't know what I'm talking about. More than happy to fire in the comment section below. But James Gonzalez comes in to say, I was hoping Matt Ryan was going get, to get traded to the Patriots. I mean, that definitely would have been interesting. But kind of going back to my point, though, James, is Atlanta's in identity crisis. They can't figure out if they're trying to win right now or rebuild. But who knows? And the Falcons could really start exactly. I didn't this last part coming and could really start the rebuild. Exactly, 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 James. The rebuild for the Atlanta Falcons should have started years ago. I know you said, oh, they had the weapons. It doesn't matter. Clearly, whatever the Atlanta Falcons are doing isn't working. What do we say about beating the dead horse over and over and over again? You're going to get the same result. That's what the Atlanta Falcons are doing. I'm not too sure moving forward how they're going to address it. More offensive type team. Always, always, always here. But again, now looking at this next team in the NFL, we're talking about the Carolina Panthers. I know they traded Teddy Bridgewater. I know Matt Rule says they're convinced of Sam Darnold. I'm not saying Sam Darnold is this 
bomb. He's a bust. He's not great or elite. But I'm really concerned this year. Curtis Jenner, one of your great players, gone. he's gone to Washington. Washington has a great team this year. Of course, we know there's quarterbacks history to a great Fitzpatrick. It's still, without a doubt, a playoff team. With their offense, with Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold, rear nights with Robbie Anderson, who they both played in New York, even though Robbie Anderson went undrafted in 2016 to so play two more years with the New York Jets and Sam Darnold then. But, folks, I this is not a playoff team. I, I have certain excitement about Sam Darnold, but at some point you're going to have to deliver. There's some point, regardless of how we go or how bad he is, it's enough for the excuses. It's the NFL. We always talk about like when you, when you have kids, tell them to take responsibility. When you mess up, when you make a mistake, when you don't get it done, it's about taking responsibility, not making excuses. Don't blame anybody else. And that's what I want to see this year with Sam Darnold in this office. I'm not saying this office is going to be the worst in the NFL. The worst office in the NFL are very close. It's going to be the Houston Texans with Tyrod Taylor being the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans for the 2021 campaign. And who knows, moving forward. Christian McCaffrey coming back from injury with how explosive he is as a running back. Those type of running backs are that explosive coming back from an injury. Are we really sure we're going to see 2019 or 2018? Never saw the full long-term potential of Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton. That didn't work. Now, did work with Teddy. Of course, injuries up until that point. If somehow this offense is going to thrive, if somehow this offense is going to succeed, who are we going to blame then? Go right. I know what the media is going to do. Not guarantees there's a certain extent yet. There are going to be some times where Sam Donald throws a couple of interceptions. There's a couple of times that Sam Donald is going to mess up. I get that. But the media is going to put a lot of this on Sam Darn. We know media has bias towards certain players. But we know also, since the media has bias towards certain NFL quarterbacks or NFL players, although the media is going to have a negative bias, despite whatever happens, with certain players. And that's what I believe it is with Sam Darn. Now, I'm not defending Sam Drone. I'm not saying he's great. But Sam Darnold with this offense, I just, it sounds like it could be a recipe for success. I'll tell you, Robbie Anderson having a career year last year, his first 1,000 yard season. Phenomenal receiver. Now, I know people will talk about Rob. People don't talk about Robbie Anderson enough. I know he's not the most interesting. He does have the speed. He does have the athleticism. He does have the agility. He does have the chance to be a number one. You have DJ Moore, but DJ Moore has not developed as a great receiver. 
So, folks, who would you rather have as your number one for 2021 for the Carolina Panthers? DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson? Just be honest. Don't tell a lie. Oh, we can talk about numbers. Had 1,000 yards last year. See, oh, that's not that that great. Or, oh, that's just people can always find a way to hate or disrespect. I'm not saying he's top five or top ten. He could be top 12 or top 15 receiver in the NFL. Maybe I'm definitely crazy for saying that. But last year, you remember those injuries? At the quarterback position, or at the running back position, Chris McCaffrey. Teddy and that offense couldn't get it done. Matt Rowe and the Carolina Panthers drafted all defensive players in the 2020 NFL draft. That was a definitely a stupid decision, a stupid mistake. I had 1,000 yards last year. Curtis Samuel being a dual triple threat player for the Carolina Panthers. Robbie Anderson is going to be the number one receiver this year, even if Christian McCaffrey is fully healthy. Do we even know? He's going to be 100% healthy. Injuries like Christian McCaffrey had and other NFL players that have had injuries. It takes a while. It takes a couple of games or more to get back to what you were before, to get back to what you were. To 100%. The Panthers, it should be easy advice. Don't rush Christian McCaffrey back. Let him get adjusted. How this office works, like, think about it. Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson, that sounds like a very interesting combo here. I'm tired of the certain, to a certain extent, disrespect of Robbie Anderson. I'm not saying he's a top 10 receiver. I'm saying he's put some, or even a little bit, of respect on Robbie Anderson's name. Now, if you had to really pick the record per se, yes, they're also kind of in a division in the NFC South, so it's going to be very, very tough. Who knows? But before we continue on, Jamie Gonzalez, my man, says, keep doing your thing, man. Thank you always for the support. Again, folks, I am a former security guard. I had a certain site that I had that goes to what name. It's always private information with that company. But it's a phenomenal site, and I was definitely blessed to be there. So thank you for the support, man. And you're going to be doing a phenomenal always for the support, even though I wasn't there that long. But thank you always for the support. Keep doing your thing, my man. Looking at the Carolina Panthers, it's going to be another losing season. Kind of going back to what James Gonzalez said a couple of minutes ago. It's going to be a few years to Carolina to the Carolina Panthers are decent. No, you're right, but it gets weird for me, James, just because, yes, I can say the Cougars, they could be very good, but at the same time, could how could that be formed? Could that be changed? Depending on what happens or what doesn't happen with Sam Donald. Because let's go through two options here. I'm not here to play Dr. Strange or do Loki or – Break the timeline or branch the timeline. Sorry, that's a spoiler for people that haven't watched Loki episode six. So we'll talk about a little bit about Marvel on the show. We're ending away from time to time. So you haven't seen the show. 
then go watch it on Disney+. Plus. I'm not responsible for your physical or mental health if you disagree with dating my takes. Let's go through these two potential options. Let's say it doesn't work out with Sam Darnold this year. That changes how they approach the draft, right? Because if it works for Sam Darnold, he's your guy for the future. you got to get that offensive line. Christian McCaffrey is fully healthy. Robbie Anderson is a phenomenal receiver. How does that change? That changes their draft plans. Is that good or bad? Who knows? I'm not saying Sam Darnold isn't going to work out with the Carolina Panthers. But, folks, I'm giving you all two options here of what could happen. Let's say let's say it works out for Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. Is that a good thing for the Panthers? Is that a bad thing? I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm kind of a, really a question mark at this point. I'm not saying Sam Darnold isn't great. I'm not well because he's he's not. I'm not saying he's bum. I'm not saying he's elite. He's kind of towards the lower end of the path. I know he's happy to be out of New York. Adam Gates is a joke of a head coach. Shouldn't have another job in the NFL. I think anybody could agree with that notion or with that statement. So if it doesn't work out with Sam Darnold with the Carolina Panthers, does that put Matt Rule, like, do we start to question, is Matt Rule plan not working per se or for some teams when they rebuild, they look at the defense, then address the offense, then address the quarterback position? I think in general, you should, if you're going to rebuild, depending on your cap situation or contract situation, if you have a veteran quarterback, will, of course, affect when you address or when you pick another a new franchise quarterback. But with the Panthers, it doesn't work out with Sam Brown. You can dra- draft a guy next year. Draft a guy in 2022. As much as I love Sam Darnold, there's plenty of guys in the future I think could thrive better in that offense with Christian McCaffrey, with Robbie Anderson, with that better improving young defense, with their dressing the offensive line, with Meyer Davis as a backup. Great backup coming in, making some great plays last year and replacement of Christian McCaffrey. I'm not here to hate or be, oh, um, Sam Donald's this or Sam Donald's that or he's seeing ghosts. But if you look at the 22 NFL draft and moving forward, there's plenty of more interesting quarterbacks I think could get the job better done for the Carolina Panthers with that offense with Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, and future guys that will be drafted by the Carolina Panthers. But record-wise, they're not going to get no more than seven wins. I, like, I'm sorry here. Like, I'm not. I don't see Sam Darnold in this office succeeding into the playoffs, and see Sam Darnold be the long-term starting answer. I can see six and eleven. Like, I, I'm sorry, folks. Like, I'm not always right in my predictions. I know, but it's fun to make future NFL predictions for the next NFL season. So close to football. I would say six and eleven. Maybe seven and ten. Maybe I'm being too harsh, or some people may think that I'm being too generous. But I truly and genuinely think the Carolina Panthers. This should be private at this point. The Panthers aren't making the playoffs. They're in the NFC South, and it sucks for them. It sucks with the other team. You got the Saints. Atlanta's trying to figure out what their identity is. Do they rebuild? Are they trying to contend? You got Tampa Bay, who's going to win the division next year. Tom Brady reportedly played with a torn MCL all of last year. Now being fully healthy from that injury, the Bucks are going to be even more far off and potentially back 
back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Against the Carolina Panthers, I could think they could go 6-11, and 11, maybe 7-10, and 10, but who knows? No way, no how. I say Leon from the MS6 Sports Network says 49ers. You're saying the 49ers will win the NFC West with either Jimmy G or Trey Lance as the quarterback. First of all, no, that's not going to happen. They're not even going to make the playoffs. But number two here, I say, even if they somehow win the NFC West, which they will, it's not going to be because of the quarterback. It's that defense. It's that running game. We know that. How do you think they got the Super Bowl that year in 2020? It definitely wasn't because of Jimmy G. He didn't need to play the MVP caliber like Love. Very interesting to see what happens with the San Francisco 49ers here in 2020. Well, before we go to the next team in the Chicago Bears, got to do this Isaiah Rochette here. Isaiah talking about the 49ers winning the division, thinking that they could potentially make their Super Bowl. Now that, let's do it quick. Video Isaiah roast sash. This is absolutely hilarious. There's no audio, but just watch. Cal and I and Isaiah were on a post show call. Isaiah turned off his audio, but forgot to turn off his camera. Just watch, ladies and gentlemen. Folks, I have no idea what he's doing. When we do these Isaiah Rosesh, it's all good and fun. We're all family here. It's all just roasting each other. Just watch this here real quick and we'll get back to the show. Enough cringe fest, but we get the point. It's a quick Isaiah Rosas video, but now going to another NFL team, the Chicago Bears. Whether, who knows who their starting quarterback is going to be. We know the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Sorry, brain target paired. Oh, my goodness. The Chicago Bears signed Andy Dolan to a one-year, almost $14 million contract. Now, whether you, whatever you think about Andy Dolan is not relevant in this conversation, in this topic, in this argument. Because they're going to play Andy Dalton this year, in week one. I know there's the excitement for Justin Fields. I totally understand. I get it. You have Montgomery. I believe you have Tariq Cohen. Now, the interesting, really, what's going to happen with the future with the Bears is kind of in question. Is Allen Robinson going to sign a long-term contract? I don't get why people don't talk about Allen Robinson enough. It doesn't make any sense. Allen Robinson has not, I believe, not signed the franchise tag. So if they do not agree on a long-term deal, I believe before or during training camp, Allen Robinson has to play under that franchise tag of almost $20 million. I give it a correct me if I am wrong on that one. But if Allen Robinson, let's just say Allen Robinson is not on this franchise, 
for the Chicago Bears this year. That negatively, it doesn't help them at all. That, in fact, actually hurts them. Now, I know the Chicago Bears drafted Justin Fields phenomenal. I think he'd be a phenomenal quarterback moving forward. But let's say Nick Foles is starting this year for a couple of games. And Allen Robinson is gone. Who do you have to throw to? Chicago Bears drafted Devin White in 2016, I believe. Now he's, I think, with, I have no idea, the Giants or somebody. I can't remember at the moment. Again, massive brain fart. Who knows what's going to happen? That's what it's more interesting, but kind of concerning because we want to talk about, oh, what I think the record could be with Chicago. I'm going to give my prediction with whether it's with Nick Foles for the whole season, whether it's for Andy Dalton for the whole season, or rather it's Justin Fields for the whole season. But again, folks, Justin Fields is not going to start the whole season. Andy Dolan is not going to start the whole season. And Nick Foles isn't going to start this whole season. I'm just going through these three hypotheticals here. Let's just say with Alan Robinson on the team, just to save some kind of some time here. If Nick Foles starts all 17 games for 18 weeks and Alan Robinson is on the team and they have that running game, I could see them winning seven to eight games. If Andy Dolan is the starter for all 17 games, 18 weeks, again, these are just hypotheticals. Of course, Nick Foles, Andy Dolan, Justin Fields aren't going to be starting all 17 games for 18 weeks. Excuse me. All birds and farts are allowed on the show. It's just a burp or fart grow up. With Andy Dolan being the starter, I could see them winning eight to nine games. Is it because of Andy Dolan? Who knows? I think if Andy Dolan starts to give me more because of the defense, Again, who knows? Allen Robinson necessarily hasn't had that great starting. He hasn't had a great starting quarterback ever in his career. Started off his career, guess what, folks? You know, if you're NFL fans, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who was that quarterback? Blake Bortles. I'm not even sure if he's in the NFL anymore. And, you know, I could say the way eight to nine games, maybe. But if you look at Justin Fields, no, we're just talking about hypotheticals, but I really, really, really hope the Chicago Bears don't start him in week one. I get like rookie quarterbacks are getting better, faster. Quarterbacks are getting better, faster, quicker, and they adjust the offense a lot quicker from college to the NFL. But the problem is rushing him, especially when who knows the future of Mad Nagy with the Chicago Bears. Who knows? If they're going to make the playoffs, who knows? Like, what are they going to do with their offensive line? Kyle Long came out of retirement, is now an offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. Sorry, but saying the Chiefs just makes me want to throw up. But if Justin Fields starts for all 17 games, again, he's not. We're just going through th- all 30 hypotheticals with all these quarterbacks with Nick Foles. Andy Dolan, and of course, Justin Fields out of Ohio State. If Justin Fields somehow starts all 17 games, again, these are all hypothetical situations. They can win four or five games. Like, I love Justin Fields, but a rookie, especially at his concern or necessarily with the franchise in terms of, we don't know what the franchise is going to do, but for the franchise, you could say, is in shambles or there's a lot of drama. Who knows? But if Justin Fields starts, they can win maybe five to six Gains for James Gonzalez comes in the same. Andy Dolan should get the start. Of course, you can see whether he's good or not, but they paid him, so he's going to start week one. But if he does bad, Justin Fields has to get a chance after the third week. I think he should get a chance now. So 
some people could say that hey when the Kansas City Chiefs, sorry, massive brain farts tonight. Since the Kansas City Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes in the 2017 NFL Draft, they played him for one game in 2017. Now the Chiefs played him all of 2017. They give somebody can make the argument. He definitely made the conversation that they could have gone to the playoffs. They could have gone to a Super Bowl, been the first rookie to ever win. There could be that legit argument. I get it. But even though rookie quarterbacks are getting better faster, rushing that type of talent on the field, I don't think is a smart idea. But definitely, if Andy Dillon starts three to four weeks and unfortunately doesn't get the job done, definitely could see a possibility maybe of Justin Fields starting after week three. Who knows or way. Or no way, no how. Talking now about the Detroit Lions. Oh my goodness, folks. I don't know how to react to the 2021 Lions. I don't know if I have any friends here that could give me the reaction or the honest take. Because I don't know what's going to happen. With the Lions. It's going to be a poop shoot. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to expose Jared Goff. Because the organization say, Oh, no, 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 no. Jared Goff is our long-term answer at the quarterback position. Or in terms of, no, they actually said, Oh, we believe in Jared Goff. Folks, let's be honest here for a second. Jared Goff was a byproduct of his offensive weapons. You have that defense. Take away Todd Gurley from that team. Do they make that Super Bowl? Do they win that division? Do they have multiple playoff wins? I don't think so at all. Would the Rams have had that much success without Todd Gurley when Jared Goff was their starting quarterback? How about new? Couldn't agree more of our friend. But if you look at this offense, this in terms of the receivers and the running back. Oh my goodness, folks. Jared Goff being the starting quarterback. DeAndre Swift, potentially great young running back moving forward. Tyra Williams, who's been around the league. Play with the course San Diego. A little bit with LA. And then play with another uh Las Vegas or Las Vegas Raiders. That didn't work out. Now he spent some time with the Detroit Lions. Folks, look at this. Look at this roster of offensive weapons for Jared Goff. If this doesn't expose Jared Goff, I don't know what will. DeAndre Swift, Tyra Williams, Rashad Perriman, who his best year was in 2019, was 600 yards. When Jameis Winston had that 30 for 30, 30 TDs. And 30 interceptions. That's, that's supposed to be his number two, number number one of his starters. Sorry, break for it. It's been a long week so far. One of his starting receivers, Rashad Perriman. And then another guy. I apologize if I get his name wrong or in terms of pronouncing his name wrong. Quintez Cephas. What's your name? I know I embarrassed myself. That's okay. But these are Jared Goff's weapons. Who thought Jared Goff was a top quarterback? Some people did. 
Maybe not necessarily always in the media, but certain fans. Jerkov was their guy. We know. Just be honest, folks. Jerkov is not great. And looking at this roster, the only decent weapon is DeAndre Swift. Tabra Williams. <coughs> Rashad Perriman. <coughs> Quintez Cephas. <coughs> Who is Jerkov throwing to? Is Andrew Peterson even on that roster? Is Andrew Peterson even in the NFL? No, he hasn't officially retired, I believe. Good, Adrian Peterson. Last year, who did who does your golf have to throw to? Who? In one player, it shouldn't be so obvious. It's like James Osall said right here. Yeah, the Lions are playing for the number one pick. I can easily see him getting potentially the number one pick next year, depending on what happens with the Houston. Texans and Tyrod Taylor. Who knows? And with the new head coach this year, with 17 games, 18 weeks, who knows how that's going to work out? But I could see the Lions going 4 and 13, 5 and 12. Jerichoff will have some good games with 300 yards passing, two TDs and no picks. He'll occasionally have that good game. But this receiving court alone. Is dog poop. Tyra Williams, Rashad Perriman, Quintus Cephas. Those are supposed to be your three number one weapons on the receiver position. I don't know. The, I forgot the Lions cap situation. They didn't go after anybody for agency. If you were convinced in Jared Goff being your future starting quarterback, why didn't you get a receiver in the draft? I'm not saying that you're going to get a top three receiver. Why didn't you at least get a decent receiver in the draft? To help your supposed franchise quarterback, long-term answer at the quarterback position. Why did you just serve receiving position, Detroit? Exactly, because it's Detroit, and they screw it over and over and over. You know how many players that they definitely screwed over over the years. But again, folks, now more NFL talk. That one, dude, twenty twenty. Right on the God over. Money Sports Network episode six got a big month, big two months in August and September of huge special guests. So stay tuned in for that. But no matter what, folks, this hasn't been easy. I love doing this, even if I have to run this program solo. Let's do it. Let's do it for God's glory. That's the point. We're moving forward now with more. And if I'll talk here, let's address some of our comments here. James Gonzalez also says, hopefully Tyra Williams can ball out with Detroit. I hope he can. But like he just like you made a good point right here, he's also coming back from a bad injury. I hope he does succeed, but there's a reason he's been around the NFL. Not because he's a top five, top ten receiver. Not because he's a great red zone receiver. Not because he has great yards after catch. Not because he has a great like on the field relationship with the quarterbacks he's played with. So who knows? I hope he succeeds, but again in the NFL, there's a lot of uncertainty here. But going to the Green Bay Packers, more NFC North talk here. Like we talked about hypotheticals with Chicago, because anything 
can happen in the NFL. Let's talk about it with Aaron Rodgers first. Even if Aaron Rodgers starts this whole season with Devontae Adams, ooh, Aaron Jones, ooh, Valtez Scantling, Mark Hiss, ooh, phenomenal receiver. Great core. Now, now some of you say, oh, now the problem is, even if the Green Bay Packers reportedly offered the biggest quarterback deal of all time to Aaron Rodgers. So I don't want to hear the excuse of, oh, he doesn't have the weapons or he didn't have an offensive line. Because the Green Bay Packers organization or the GM is in a losing situation. Because no matter what you say, like I said on Coast to Coast, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, oh, my gosh, we traded away the Super Bowl winning all-pro, Pro Bowl, MVP-like, MVP quarterback. Or, oh, my gosh, you couldn't get that much back in there. You, tr- you traded, and you got your love in the 2020 NFL Drafts. A first-round pick. I believe it's 30, 29th or 32nd overall pick. 27th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. If this team doesn't succeed this year with Aaron Rodgers, who is the media going to blame? Is it the coordinators? Is it the coach? No, they're not going to blame Aaron Rodgers. Do I want Aaron Rodgers on in Denver? Yes, in Aaron Rodgers. I will personally print out the contract. Fly to where you fly where we get halfway in Green Bay. Let's get a cup of coffee. Let's get a beer. Let's get let's get a monster at the gas station. Let's have a talk. You sign the papers and let's get you in Denver. But we're talking about him in Green Bay. If the if the 2021 Green Bay Packers had the same result as it did in 2020, as it did in 2019. Who are you going to blame? There are multiple people, but like number one, Jason Gonzalez basically said my point before I did, read my mind. Jason Gonzalez says the Packers' defense has to step up exactly. That's been a huge issue. Their defense sucks. I mean, look at it with the Green Bay Packers, folks. If you go back, I also have to show about highlight that. I don't want to get like copyrighted or anything here. Going back to the NFC Championship game, right before halftime, it's about to be 28 to 10. Tom Brady looks like he's going to get sacked. He guns it down the field to Scott Miller. Who's that corner right there, folks, that's getting juked? <gasps> getting destroyed. That's Kevin King. Bucks won the Super Bowl. You go in the offseason, you go into free agency. Who do the Green Bay Packers sign in free agency? That's Kevin King, the same guy that got torched for a 2019 six-round pick, Scott Miller. Phenomenal receiver, great receiver, great position player for the Tampa Bay 2021 Super Bowl champions. So it's like either you could blame the staff. I don't know. Who could you blame? They're not developing their defense, or is it not the same? You can have different conversations. Or they're not developing their defense correctly, or they're not instilling discipline on their defense. It's the same thing over and over and over again from the past two NFC Championship games with the Green Bay Packers on defense. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the run. You mean Raheem Mozart, like like a top three running back, or I believe over two hundred yards. Couldn't stop Leonard Fournette running it. 
Couldn't stop Ronald Jones. Couldn't stop Brandon Cooks doing that last second RPO to win the game. For them to go to the Super Bowl. Excuse me. And win the Super Bowl. So I'm trying to understand this year. If Aaron Rodgers stays, is the Packers organization approach on their defense going to change? And the sad reality is, no, it's not. I don't know if you have to change your staff next year, fire your staff, address it. Who knows? But something is wrong with that defense, or multiple things are wrong with the Packers defense. You would have necessarily drafted the right defensive players. Go back to that, that Seattle playoff game years ago. Malaysia to boom is here. Russell Wilson was a lot younger at the quarterback position. Those guys on that roster, 2015, I believe. Those guys aren't in the NFL anymore. They're not on a roster. They're not a backup, not a dirt stringer. They're not on the practice squad. They're not in the NFL anymore. So I'm trying to understand. I've watched film. I've watched the games. I've talked to people. I've talked to league sources. I don't understand what the organization is going to have to do on the defensive side of the ball. But kind of going off of that right and going back to Aaron Rodgers starts this year. Oh, yeah, they can go 12-5. and five. They can go 13-plus wins because look at that division. Chicago is in disarray at the quarterback position. Vikings drafted Kellamon. So they got 100% sold on Kant Cousins. Who knows? Detroit, clearly, like James Gonzalez said earlier here in the comments, yeah, the Lions are playing for the first overall pick. There's no question there's no doubt about that. But if you have 12, 13 wins, look at it from, let's say, let's say somehow Aaron Rodgers gets to Denver, please, please, please. And Jordan Love starts all 17 games. Imagine his first starting season in the NFL is the new NFL regular season in terms of how many games. 18 weeks, 17 games. If Jordan Love starts, I could maybe see him winning. It's not me hating. I can see him win nine to ten games. It's just he's a young quarterback. Some people say, "Oh, he's phenomenal in practice," and some say he's he hasn't played a game in the NFL yet. So how do we know we don't have any game film of him? Maybe that could be to his advantage. That could be a blessing, or that could be a disadvantage. Since Jordan Love hasn't started in the NFL, hasn't played a game in the NFL, a full NFL game. I'm not sure how many games could they win. They have the on-the-field chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and Valdez, Scantling. They have the on-the-field chemistry. But with a new young quarterback, necessarily because the organization believed in him, but didn't communicate with Aaron Rodgers, I could say maybe win 9 to 10 games. But let me know if you think I'm being too generous or I'm being too harsh here. But again, folks, if anybody... Is watching Game 6 of the 2021 NBA Finals. Drop it down below in terms of the score so we can keep up with that during the moments here. We're not going to the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford, man. I know some people don't like him. You talked about some of the same stats over and over. But this roster, Cooper Cup, 
Josh Reynolds. Now, Sean Jackson, though, it's a great addition, but he's 33, 34 years old. He's past his prime, so I'm not sure if he'll really be that much of a factor there. But Robert was phenomenal receiver. Drafted in Buffalo right around the same time as Kevin Richmond and Tyra Taylor and EJ Manuel was there. Again, Tyra Taylor was actually drafted 2011-2012, sixth round by the Ravens. Horse, unfortunately, came makers is out for the entire 2021 season due to a torn ACL. So for right now, it's Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, Deshaun Jackson, Robert Woods. This is a great roster and much better. I'm not saying this offensive line's top five, but it's a much better offensive line than Detroit. Matthew Stafford's going to succeed with this team. Yes, there's a lot of pressure because their Super Bowl window is this year and next year. If they don't get in the next two years, then we're going to have to blow this thing up. Their cap situation in terms of how much money they have to spend or not spend is very little. Some people can say I'm crazy. Oh, oh, they're not they're not in all this pressure. They are. In terms of how the roster is by on paper and how the media is viewing it and how the fans are viewing it, and I don't blame them. With how stacked this roster is, you would think they can get to a Super Bowl. So it's Super Bowl win or bust. Now they're gonna get the Super Bowl. No, they're not. Remember, because there's another quarterback in the NFC is who is a feature first ballot Hall of Famer, seven times Super Bowl champion. That's Tom Brady. There's no way Matthew Stafford's going to outplay Tom Brady in the pot. No way. Matthew Stafford has a great arm. But with this with this offensive weapons, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, Deshaun Jackson, even though he's much older and past his prime at Robert Woods, I can see that the I can see, sorry, the Los Angeles Rams going having 12 wins on the season. Again, I'm not always writing my predictions. I'll give you that. But this could be a very interesting team in 2021. Cam Makers is out for the season. How do you adjust on the fly and training camp? Who knows? But it definitely could be a very interesting season. It will be for the Los Angeles Rams. Thank you so much, my man. The score update of Game 6 of the 2021 NBA Finals. 39-36. to Bucks lead before half. Said Bucks are going to win Game 6. And if the Bucks win this and Giannis keeps doing what he's doing, man, I'm going to have to definitely uh, admit a little bit I was wrong. But, folks, going to the Minnesota Vikings, talking about their offensive weapons and how they could or how their season could go, in my opinion. Again, this is just my opinion, not facts in any way, shape, or form. You can't predict how many injuries or non-injuries could be in the NFL. But for the Minnesota Vikings here, you got a second-year receiver in Justin Jefferson. Oh, my goodness. This guy is phenomenal. This guy is a dog. He is great. He's phenomenal. I can't wait to see what he does in year two for the Minnesota Vikings. He's gonna, I'll, I'll make sure to find a way to put him on my fantasy football list. Fantasy football roster. Put Justin Jefferson on there. If you look at it this year, yes, I know the Vikings drafting Kellen Mond. That guy's not going to start for the next year or two until Kirk Cousins' can't Cousins contract runs out. But with this roster, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thiel. Now, I'm going to play some hypotheticals here. Yes, yet again. We have no idea what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. So let's see. Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. 
The Vikings aren't making the playoffs. And I said, you know what? No, no, I'll counter-true that and reverse that and change the timeline on that answer. Low-key pun. Not funny, but whatever. Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. Now I'm going to stick with it. The Minnesota Vikings would be third place in the division, with Lions being fourth place in the NFC North. Chicago, I know, is a quarterback carousel. Yes, the defense is getting older, so there's going to be a lot more pressure. It's going to be a running game. It's going to be defense. I just don't see the Vikings making the playoffs. It's the same thing time and time again. I'm not saying, oh, dump it all on Kent Cousins, and that, oh, it's always Kent Cousins' follower. He is part of the blame, yes. Because some of those throws he makes, going back to that Atlanta Falcons game, that interception was like, even the announcer was like, oh, my gosh, what is this guy doing? It's insane. It's crazy. Roll with this roster, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and Athlon. On paper, numbers-wise, it's going to be phenomenal. But I don't see him winning more than seven to eight games this year. I just don't see what the Vikings can do different this year. Dolphins could be run the same. Soha can't Cousins. They're not sold on him 100%. Maybe 95% or 85 or 65 Because if they were 100% sold on Kent Cousins, they wouldn't have drafted Calamond at all. I know that. We know that. The organization, fans, and the media know that. I could see him going 7 and 10, 8 and 9. Okay, my predictions are usually wrong, but it's always fun to make predictions and it's exciting because you never know what could happen in the NFL season, postseason, preseason, or in training camp. The, I believe the Minnesota Vikings could go 7 and 10, 8 and 9, 18 week season, 17 NFL games. James Gonzalez comes in to say, I really wanted Jefferson Jefferson to get drafted by the Raiders. I'm so glad he didn't. He would have been torching my Broncos, so thank you. Thought he was the best receiver in the draft when no one did. James Gonzalez, I didn't think he was either, but I so far have been proven wrong, and I wish him the best in his career. If he continues to do what he does, man, this guy's going to have a very fun career, going to be very fun to watch. But now going back to more NFC with the New Orleans Saints. Yes, Jameis Winston is the answer, at least for this year, what we call a branch quarterback. Taysom Hill is not the answer. They get that contract they gave him. It's like, let's say if I got a bag of Lay's potato chips, what is it? It's mostly air. It's empty calories. It would be interesting to see. It's more kind of a question mark in terms of, yes, James Woods is going to start, but in case they'll put in Taysom Hill, it's going to be kind of a confusing year for the New Orleans Saints. Michael Thomas is coming off an injury. They don't have a long-term answer at the quarterback position. You got Alvin Kamir coming back, Trey Quan Smith, Dante Harris, phenomenal extra receivers. And, of course, I believe you had a receiver that retired from the NFL. I believe it had a record I could say for the Saints. But for me, I believe they're the only team this year, in my genuine opinion. Y'all let me know in the comments if they go crazy. Again, I'm not responsible for your physical. Again, I'm not responsible for your physical or mental health if you disagree with my takes. But I think the Saints are the only team this year where it's it's kind of you can say a mystery. You can say that with all teams. But certainly more of a mystery with this team. Drew Brees retired, phenomenal career. 
Super Bowl champion, multiple Pro Bowls all-power quarterback. But now you got Jameis Winston on a one-year deal. And some practices has been reported that he's not doing very well. Taysom Hill been injured multiple times. The way he plays, like a less interesting Lamar Jackson. There could be a lot of dysfunction. I wouldn't be surprised if James Gonzalez said, wouldn't be surprised if there's dysfunction on the Saints. I just, it's a very weird timing for the Saints. I'm just saying just because of Drew Brees' retirement, the Bucks are the Bucks. They have Tom Brady. Now, if Tom Brady wasn't on the Bucks, it was still on the, and was still on the New England Patriots. This could be a much better year for the Saints. The Panthers, of course, I know they're not making the playoffs. Neither is Atlanta. They still have that defense. A couple of players are getting out. Cameron Jordan's in his early 30s. You have another. Mario Davis is getting older. You have two other uh, quarterbacks, I believe, from the 2016-2017 NFL draft. They're going to be up for a contract in this next year. So how, this is, is bad timing for the Saints. Because if they don't somehow do well, have success in the playoffs or don't make the playoffs, I think they could make the playoffs. And you still don't have the answer at the long-term, at the, at the quarterback position. What are you going to do about your two cornerbacks that you drafted 2016? You're going to pay them fat money. You're going to try and find a quarterback in the draft. For the first time in Sean Payne's career in a long, long time, you can't rely on Drew Brees in his arm. So I'll be really curious to see how Sean Payne adjusts this offense in 2021, mostly with Jameis Winston and occasionally some Taysom Hill. I can see the Saints going nine and eight, maybe ten and seven. Again, it's mostly going to be the running game. Jameis Winston's not going to have that like 2018, 2019 season in terms of or how many passing yards like it did in 2015. I'm just really curious. I I, I could say eight and nine, nine and eight. I'm I just, I don't know what's going to happen. Whether it's because of ego, but something is going to happen. I truly believe, in my opinion, in the organization, on or off the field, that's going to blow this whole thing up. And with the cap situation moving forward, it's not likely that you can see him in the Super Bowl in the next three to four plus years. But again, that went through 2020, the God of Our Money Sports Network, episode six. More talk, talking about each, each and all 32 NFL teams. They're starting quarterback or quarterbacks and their offensive weapons and what their record could be for the 2021 NFL season. But going to the New York Giants, Daniel Jones. Some people could say the verdict is still out. I don't hate him as a quarterback. But I'm not in love with him as a quarterback. Saquon Barkley was out pretty much almost all of last year. The way Saquon Barkley plays, you're prone to injury. With the way Saquon Barkley plays, that type of that injury he had, to be 100%, to have a chance to be what you were before, who knows how many games that takes. Yes, there's always a chance to re-aggravate that injury, for that injury to re-happen. To happen again. To be significant. 
Darius Slayton, Dante Pettis, John Ross, all weapons on the roster. Yes, you can say because of COVID last I'll give to a certain extent. But with the NFC least this year, it's a lot more open than I think people think for the NFC East crap. Yes, you got Washington with that great defense. Look at Thomas. You got your great, very awesome receiving core. Murphy's Patrick being that veteran guy for this year. Playing at an MVP Kyra-like level for a couple of games. And then falling down the cliff like it happens every single year. But bringing back to the Giants, though, I can see them having some success this year. But if Saquon Barkley takes a while to come back from that injury or to be fully recovered, even though he's starting those games, who knows how their offense is going to be run? I don't know. But I think it's definitely very interesting here. James Salas makes a good point. Like, I'm kind of on that verdict here, James. Like, it just really depends to a certain extent on Saquon Barkley's health. But the problem is relying on Saquon Barkley beat 100%. The way he's played is prone to injury. I'm not a fan of Saquon Barkley as a running back, but who knows what Jane Gonzalez comes in to say. I want to say the Giants can compete for a playoff spot, but no, not yet. Exactly, James. With the Giants, it's really weird, but with how open the NFC East is, who knows? But I do have the Washington football team winning the NFC East in 2021. I can see the Giants going... I can see him winning it, but they're not. I can see him going six and eleven, seven and ten. I'm not. I'm not a Giants hater. I'm not a Daniel Jones hater. I'm not a supporter. Even though the NFC East is open, it's just with those injuries and Dante Pass and John Ross guys that necessarily aren't great. I'm not sure how they're going to mix on the field. I'm not sure how they're going to measure on the field together. How they're going to order together. How they could have some success per se. Getting time with the New York Giants. I can see they're going six and eleven, seven and ten. Again, I'm usually wrong with my predictions, but it's always fun to make more NFL predictions for each NFL season, regardless if I'm correct or incorrect. But going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh my goodness folks, another dumpster fire. You have essentially Zacharis is unhappy. He wants out, or he wants a new contract. Or the Eagles got a new head coach in January. They're trying to convince, that, J- or they believe in Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is our quarterback. Jalen Hurts is our guy. We believe in Jalen Hurts. Number one, no, you don't. Number two, with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, we could just look at film from last year. You could always make improvements. Some people say rookie year. Yeah, Jalen Rager. Zach Ertz, question mark, depending on what happens. Which I think at this point, he's going to be with the Eagles in 2021. Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, drafted out of TCU from, in 2020. I said he could have drafted another receiver in the 2020 NFL draft from, or drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. I just don't see 
how the Eagles could have success this year in wins and losses, or at least making some type of positive development. What I don't get is, what are the Eagles? Are the Eagles really sold on Jalen Hurts? Are they in denial that hey, we realize we messed up with this bit? But you don't necessarily have a chance to decide that at least for twenty twenty one. You traded Carson Wentz. You said you were done with Carson Wentz. You traded him. He's gone. But now, folks, you're giving the reins to Jalen Hurts. Can he step up to the plate? Is he going to screw up? That's a question. Who knows? I don't see them winning more than five to six games in 2021. But what can you tell me, regardless of, let's say, without numbers or film, what is one distinction how Jalen Hurts could have success in 2021 and how he's somehow a, dispart- a starting NFL quarterback? He overthrows receivers his rookie year. That doesn't change overnight. That doesn't change in one season. It doesn't happen in just one offseason. Again, we can have fans of Jalen Hurts. I get it. I'm not saying he's going to be a bump. I don't like him. I'm not convinced of him as a quarterback. But the new young head coach, they're not going to be contending for the NFC East. They're not going to be contending for the NFC for a couple years at a time. And if it doesn't work with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback, man, this is going to be a long five to ten years for the Philadelphia Eagles here. Dean Gonzalez, you're right. The Philadelphia Eagles could have had Justin Jefferson. Now, I, I get they should have drafted Justin Jefferson. That would have been a better option. But here's the thing. If the same situation happened with trading Carson Wentz, given their offensive line was pissed poor last year, so people always playing all in Carson Wentz. I don't think it's completely fair. Not a Carson Wentz fan. Not all redheads. Not all redheads stick together. But who knows? No way. No how. You still trade Carson Wentz to the Colts for those picks. You have Jalen Hurts and Justin Jefferson in 2020. Justin Jefferson doesn't have that year because if you saw on plays, regardless of this, is ignore numbers from 2020. Jalen Hurts, time and time again, over three receivers. So, yes, Justin Jefferson is the better pick. But would he have had success with the Eagles in 2020? No, not because he isn't capable. He's very, very capable. He's great. But with Jalen Hurts overthrowing receivers, how are we going to know? Like, how we, like what, that wouldn't have been a good pick for the Eagles because of who you have as your starting future franchise quarterback. We believe it, Jalen Hurts. I don't see them winning. I, would try that. I don't see them winning more than six to seven games. Jake Gonzalez also comes in to say, I like Jalen Hurts. Hopefully the others around him can step up. Gonzalez, I hope they do. I believe they can stand up. But my only thing really is, is that even if they do step up, how is Jalen Hurts going to handle that pressure? You're the quarterback of the Eagles. You're their guy. If If the whole offensive line Protects Jalen Hurts. How is he in and out of the pocket? This is 18 weeks, 17 games. And be honest here, folks. Can we trust Jalen Hurts for 17 games 
to put the team on his back. Here's maybe I'm wrong or wrong about the sports media on this. If the Eagles' season is a failure, they're not going to blame Jalen Hurts. If the Eagles succeed this year, make the playoffs. Oh, it's all because of Jalen Hurts. We knew he could develop as a quarterback. Give it time. Give it patience. I mean, oh my goodness, folks. Seriously. But Jalen Hurts is not the guy. Not a great NFL quarterback. But who knows in any way or any how. That would do 2020. Got everybody sports network. Let's continue on with more NFL talk of all 32 NFL teams and what my predictions could be on how their season could turn out. And we San Francisco 49ers. More and more hypotheticals, folks. Yet again, Jimmy G, they don't win that many games. Trey Lance, yes, he's young, has the potential. You can say, oh, he only played like a stern type of school, and uh, he only had one season starting in college football, so maybe that could be a factor, yada, yada, yada. But in my opinion, regardless of that, I don't see, and you could say, oh, I'm wrong. Maybe this is a Higgins-type take. But I don't see the San Francisco 49ers making the playoffs. I think Seattle – like, I know – well, Seattle has an issue, though, of being a first-quarter-type team. So the first four to five, maybe six games, Russell Wilson, MVP candidate. They're going off. They're playing phenomenal. Defense is doing some things here and there, but the offense is getting it done for the whole team. Then towards week seven and eight and moving forward, plus the team starts to slow down. The team starts to struggle. So I'm not sure how it's going to help. But bringing it back to the Niners, though, I can see the Niners having some success this year. Maybe there's a chance. I mean, if you look at their receiving weapons, Brandon Ayuk, Jeff Wilson, Kevin White, former first-round pick in 2016, but guess what? Sorry, Count the Chicago Bears. Debo Samuel, Raheem Mostert, a great roster. This G out was out most of last year because of that injury. You can say that that breeds quarterback. That really that veteran that veteran mentorship for Trey Lance. Because if the question is, or maybe a thought, y'all can give me in the conversation lower. I'll say this out loud too. If Jimmy G is one hundred percent healthy for the twenty twenty one campaign. And the Niners do well with him, or at least do semi-decent, like the Chiefs did in 2017 with Patrick Mahomes. Should Trey Lance even start a single game this year? Or, and, or, let's say, give them like a game or two at the end of the year, depending on what happens with their season. Because like I said before, even if the 49ers make the playoffs and somehow do very well for the division, it's not going to be because of Jimmy G. They didn't go to Super Bowl in 2020 because of Jimmy G. Yes, he did throw a couple passes here and there, top 13 touchdowns. We can go through all that later because that's definitely in the past. But I'm curious to see because we know, oh, for a long time, I, I for certain, for a short amount of time, I was at least a Jimmy Garoppolo, not say fan or supporter, but a Jimmy Garoppolo defender. Oh, there's an injury history. 
going back to 2014, 2015 with the New England Patriots, I don't see how he can be healthy. So at some point, let's say Jimmy Garoppolo goes down week seven, week eight, and Trey Lance comes in. Does he play better? Or is that offense new and refreshed because you have a new guy in, something that's new, a new quarterback, a new face on the field, a new face of the franchise per se? Does that make him play better for a short amount of time? Does that hurt him? Does that help him? Who knows? I can see him. Let's say if Jimmy Garoppolo somehow starts all 17 games, 18 weeks for the 2021 campaign in the NFL, I can see the San Francisco 49ers going, having potentially eight to nine wins. Again, y'all can roast me all year when most of my predictions are wrong, but it's fun to have these type of predictions for the 2021 NFL season. New predictions, new possibilities in the NFL. Again, injuries and other things can happen and get in the way. Now going to the Seattle Seahawks. That one do 2020. Got it for money. Sports Network going through all 32 NFL teams, talking about their quarterback, their offensive weapons, and what their record could be and how their season could potentially turn out. Against all opinions, no facts or anything of any way, shape, or form. Seattle Seahawks said their first quarter type team. We got Russell Wilson. A starter, a, a great quarterback. Some blame could be for last year and other years moving forward. But the question really is, out of everything else, before we really talk about the Seattle Seahawks here, I want to talk about one player at the running back position for Seattle. My question is, for Seattle fans out there, for NFL fans, football fans, or somehow if they're Rashad Penny fans, my question is to y'all. Y'all can let know in the comment section below. Is Rashad Penny a bust in the NFL? Can't stay healthy. Isn't consistent. Isn't a good runner. Doesn't have athleticism or agility. You couldn't trust him when Chris Carson went out. He never was consistent. Even if you ignore the numbers. Look at the film. He's not great. He's a bum as a running back. He's terrible. Not can't get it done. In my genuine opinion, I believe Rashad Penny is a bust in the NFL, but y'all can let me know in the comment section below. Is Seattle running back Rashad Penny a bust? A first-round pick? Yes, folks. First-round pick in the 2018 NFL draft. Yes, before that, they had Marshall Lynch, but that was a pick right after Fred Jackson has some time in Buffalo. Again, Marshall Lynch drafted by the Buffalo Bills here. Again, the question is, is Rashad Penny a bust in the NFL? Because Zolas comes in to say, makes some very great points here. The 49ers are so hard to judge exactly because, again, they have that great defense. We can, don't know Jimmy Garoppolo can stay healthy or will he? But you're right, James. A lot has to go right. Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo staying healthy or whether it's that defense being consistent, who knows also what can happen with Raheem Mostert in 2021. I knew Russell Wilson wouldn't get traded. James, I thought the same thing. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't shocked. Who in the right mind, as a football fan, would think Russell Wilson was going to get traded? When I heard the rumors here, they said, yeah, there's a chance. No, there's not. Even if somehow... They successfully made the trade, James, or other amazing people that are watching the show. 
his cap hit is almost forty plus million dollars for twenty twenty one. So Chicago would have traded for him. Do you think they would have that much money to sign Allen Robinson? Really? That team would have been a disaster, cap wise. Russell Wilson was never going to get traded. He said Rashad Penny isn't a bust. He wasn't drafted high enough. He wasn't. I guess you could say he wasn't a success in the NFL. But being a first round pick, there's a lot more pressure to necessarily succeed. It wasn't a top five or top ten pick in the first round in 2018, but there's a lot of pressure nowadays for first round pick running backs to get it done. But I'll, you could say he wasn't a bust. But he hasn't been a success, and he's been a failure. James Gonzalez also says. Chris Carson has to stop fumbling and stay healthy. James, my man, couldn't agree more. Those things he plays great, but then there's some when he starts fumbling the football. Then after they become that first quarter team, he starts to fumble. This whole team starts to unravel. So who knows also how they'll handle the Jamal Adams contract situation? They're going to have to pay him because when you trade those high picks for a position, a defensive player like him. You don't just, in a year or two later, don't sign him to a big deal. Because he was signed, Jamal Adams, to a fat contract. What do you do in a year? In two and a half years, DK Metcalf needs a new deal. Remember, he's a second-round pick, four-year contract. There's no fifth-year option. So what are they going to do? Franchise tag DK Metcalf? Give these just all potential hypothetical situations for the Seattle Seahawks here. But going back to their offense, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, that offense is very interesting. Now, we've said that before in 2020 and 2019. It was exciting for a bit. They had some great plays. But then the team unraveled. You can place the blame on Russell Wilson, Bob Snyder being a joke of a GM, Pete Carroll, or the false narrative by certain people in the sports media world that say, oh, there's there is a rich relationship with uh, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. To a certain extent, I can maybe or believe that he's frustrated in terms of, hey, give me some blocking. Give me an office line. I can understand his frustration. Who knows, but this office can be very successful in 2021. But it all depends on necessarily, not necessarily the ego or the private. Look at it here. With the Arizona Cardinals being a very interesting team this year. Now, I've been talking about Pete Carroll, Cliff Kingsbury. But do we? It's Pete Carroll. But if you look at both offense on paper, who do you trust more? I trust the Cardinals. They're younger, better receiver. Yep, number one receiver, or top receiver. And DeAndre Hopkins, D.K. Metcalf, his third season in the NFL. Tyra Luckett, phenomenal receiver, great returner. Chris Carson uh, can be very interesting here. Can make some great plays and it shows up with the numbers. But as James Gonzalez said earlier, he has to stop fumbling the football and staying healthy. You could have those great numbers when it doesn't matter. But when it truly matters, you need to stay healthy and stop fumbling the football. Maybe it's a mental game. Maybe it's something what you call for running backs. Ball security. you got to secure the football. I think that's going to be a huge factor. If he didn't secure the football 100% of the time, we're very close. The Seattle team is going to struggle this year because they, they're one of their biggest things in terms of their bread and butter for their offense 
is running the football. Running the football. What happens if Chris Carson fumbles, gets injured? You put him Rashad Penny. What is he going to do? He's not going to get the job done. We know that for sure. They're going to just have Russell Wilson throw. Like, this problem is like, when they're running, doesn't work. Rashad Penny can't get it done with Chris Carson either. Can't stop fumbling or can't stay healthy. Are you going to expect Russell Wilson just to throw a bunch of footballs, throw a bunch of balls to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and expect to make the playoffs and get a division spot, get a wild card spot, get a bye week? You think any of that's going to happen if, the run, if Chris Carson's out? Am I saying all the success goes with just Chris Carson? What I am saying, though, is you can't expect Russell Wilson, and be honest, NFL fans, we should know this. You can't expect Russell Wilson to just throw the ball, DK Metcalf, entire locket all season long, and expect to make a deep playoff run. Be honest. I like to have honest takes on here. But again, folks, I am not responsible for your physical or mental health if you disagree. Again, folks, I am not responsible for your physical or mental health if you agree or disagree. The Seattle's record. If everything goes right, 11 and 6, 10 and 7. But if it goes like it has in 2020, 2019, they could go 9 and 8. Just be honest. Folks, that's what I'd like to bring you down to 2020 on the God Ever Money Sports Network. Is honesty. James Gonzalez makes a good point. That's been one of Seattle's kryptonites once they're not a first quarter team anymore. Seattle's defense needs to step up too. They do. And this is kind of the thing too, is just they need to step up. But Seattle also needs to draft a better at the defensive position. You got Carl Larson part last year. Okay. You traded for uh Jamal Adams this past year from the New York Jets out of LSU. Who else do you have on that defense? You're not bringing Richard Sherman back. Or is any NFL team bringing Richard Sherman? Who on that defense is a guy you can trust? Besides Jamal Adams, you know, he's a phenomenal player. If you look at their defensive roster, if I could look that up right now for the Seattle Seahawks, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to see the same Seattle Seahawks year after year after year after year after year. Some people could put play him in a GM. Pete Carroll. Spoiler Could be both. Well, Seattle's struggling to draft that defensive position, which is ironic because they did very well when they had the Legion of Boom. I'm not saying they don't need to do this. Don't try to recreate the Legion of Boom. That's not what Seattle is doing. But you're right, James. Could agree more. Whether it's that defensive tackle, linebacker, who knows, outside linebacker, outside defensive tackle, who knows. They have to step up. But you also got to be able to draft the right players that are the best fit for your organization. Offensive line, too. Yes, James. And you make that point. Even before the 20 – again, folks, this is – before the 2020 NFL season, so don't be like, 
Oh, 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 it's always nice to see that when you have it. I said to see within oh, way over a year ago on That One Dude 2020. Go look on the That One Dude 2020 Facebook page. All the videos, obvious, are still up there for archive. Anybody can check out at any time for free. Before the 2020 NFL season, Russell Wilson was a top 10 most sacked quarterback. Almost 3,900 yards passing plus per year. 30-plus touchdowns, 8-9 to nine picks. Those are pretty great numbers. Before the 2020 season, was a top 10 most sacked quarterback. Russell Wilson now, if we even look that up, see how many times Russell Wilson has been sacked. We'll get that, folks, again, ladies and gentlemen, right after this commercial break. Give me just a moment again, a real quick commercial break while I look up this stat. We'll see you soon. And yes, he isn't necessarily a top 10 must quarterback too, but you can just see, even without looking at the numbers, watch film. Numbers be deceived. Because without that offensive line, which they didn't address yet again, Russell Wilson has to force certain plays that aren't meant to happen and that can hurt their team deeper into the season when they're trying to see me to contend for a playoff spot again. Sid, if offensive line is better, you were just like I said, exactly have the same thought in your head, James. If the offensive line is better, Russell Wilson won't have to force things or force plays and make unexpected mistakes. That's the thing is Seattle had as an average the offensive line. Even when they had that Legion of Boom. Phenomenal deep sofa on the what sofas like, we loved it. I loved it. According until they destroyed my Broncos in that Super Bowl. They didn't have the great offensive line yet either. But it's that time. Lacey to boom, Russell Wilson throwing the ball and not making it, not forcing a talent or not throwing a bunch of turnovers or interceptions. So you're right, James. That is a huge if. Who knows what could happen with the Seattle Seahawks here. But again, folks, that would do 2020. Got everybody sports network. We're going through all 32 NFL teams and their predictions for the 2021 NFL season. Yes, this is a multi-hour show. So just be patient here. I get it, folks. It's a very long show. I love what I do. I don't care if I have to do the solo or fight people. It is a ton of fun. But if you're looking at this roster, in terms of their offensive weapons, they brought back everybody. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans is still there, Chris Godwin is still there, you got Scott Miller is still there, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, which has been an issue. Because everybody knows that's an NFL fan, even going back five years. We're even going back to my different Broncos in 2016. 
keeping 100% all your players after either appearing in a Super Bowl or winning a Super Bowl and or both. Keeping all your players is hard. It's either because of ego. Oh, I won a Super Bowl. Or I put a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm a bad. I'm a dog. I'm phenomenal. Or contracts, negotiations in terms of not having enough money against the cap. Some teams ball out in terms of getting all those great players in free agency, stacking up on offensive defense, and hopes to appear and win a Super Bowl. We saw how that worked out. Or sorry, <laughs> didn't work out. For the Los Angeles Rams. The Bucks are winning the division. Yet again. They're going to go. 12-5. and five. They don't need to have the best record in the But it doesn't matter. Well, having the best record. Does not determine success in the NFL. Did they have a great record last year? No. I mean yeah it was decent. 11-5. and five, But 12-4. and four, Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, I may approach that record wrong. Doesn't matter. They, they didn't have the best record. Still won a Super Bowl. The Bucks, of course, are winning the NFC South, and the Bucks are winning the NFC. The Bucks are going back to the Super Bowl, and they're going to win it. Now, who they play in the AFC, it's really hard, though, because some people could say, oh, the Chiefs are going back. It's hard to go to a third straight Super Bowl. It's not easy. It's super difficult. Tom Brady knows. Everybody knows. You look at NFL history. A team's going to three straight Super Bowls or four. That's very hard. Much less to win one. Ask the Buffalo Bills. Ask Tim Kelly. Sorry if that leads to Cyrus Punt in your mouth for any Buffalo Bills fans. But going to the Washington football team, all 32 teams predicting their potential record this year, talking about the weapons and how that's going to mixture well with their starting quarterback or potential hypotheticals, depending on who is he starting. And if a quarterback, a multi our show here, that one due 2020 on the God Over Money Sports Network. Here. Ladies and gentlemen, coming back to here for more NFL talk here. Looking at the Washington football team, great defense, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, all of those guys. Yeah, Antonio Gibson, I believe I pronounced pronounce that name wrong, second year in the NFL, over 1,000 yards, I believe 11 touchdowns in 2020. Logan Thomas. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who will play great for a couple of games. And then it's just go bish. Terry McLaurin, phenomenal receiver, who has been very consistent. I'm not saying he's top five to calm down to anybody that's out there. But there's no doubt Terry McLaurin is a very, very talented receiver for Washington. We know he's his top one receiver. When he was this top five pick for Washington, or in the NFL. You see, only had only had four touchdowns in 2020. But look at who he had to play with. He played with Alex Smith for a short time. Played a little bit of Dwayne Haskins. Played with Tyler Heineke in the wild card round. He was top 13 in yards in 2020. He's only 25 years old. 87 receptions and 75 yards receiving in the wild card round. We know the potential of him. We know what he can do. Right game is going to be very interesting this year with Tony Gibson's second year. I believe 
10 to 11 touchdowns in 2020. Over 1,000 yards. Great draft pick by Washington. Just like with Chase Young. But it all falls back to quarterback position for Washington. Now I know the NFC East is wide open. I'm not just talking about just this year for the Washington football team. If they keep playing their cards right, if they keep doing everything they need to, Washington could be a true NFC contender in the next two to three years. I have no doubt in my mind. Every time I just 2021, I believe Ryan Fitzpatrick could be the downfall of the Washington football team in 2021. It's the same false Loki Cinderella story. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, has four to five games, plays phenomenal, in, considered for MVP. And then Bush goes downhill. Had that one good year, 20, 20, excuse me, 2015, 2016 NFL season. With the New York Jets, Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, I believe, Chris Ivory, Matt Forte. Very interesting team. Just barely missed the playoffs, 10 and 6, almost 11 and 5. Nearly made the playoffs. Marion Fitzpatrick had a career year, won $12 million. Got it. Next year, he had one game with a five to six interceptions. Had a Nathan Peterman type game before Nathan Peterman was drafted in the NFL by the Buffalo Bills, now with the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I know Tyler Hackey played phenomenal, played great, made so many great plays in the wild card round, excuse me, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If Ryan Fitzpatrick, after four or five games, does what he usually does, plays like, put Tyler Heineke in. I'm not saying he's a long-term answer, excuse me, but we have some game film of what he did in the playoff game versus Tom Brady. Nearly beat Tom Brady. You can say, I'm not saying that's all on him, but just on offense, just with the offensive production. The touchdown dive, those passes. I'm not saying he's he can be a long-term answer for Washington. But if Ryan Fitzpatrick goes down, I definitely think Ty Haneke could be very, very interesting. Ryan Fitzpatrick starts somehow all 17 games. Which he won't. He'll, he'll play terrible. It'll be the same story over and over for his whole career, even going back to Houston. And Brian Fitzpatrick starts all 70, all 17 games for 18 weeks. Washington wins six, seven games. I know it's 17 games, 18 week season. But we need to be honest with ourselves. Despite how great. This defense is on paper. How great they've been on the food last year. Running game, receiver, tight end, all of these. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the downfall of the Washington football team. He was the downfall of the Bills. He was the downfall. There's a little bit of the Jets. He was the downfall of many teams. But depending on, could it help Washington? And Ryan Fitzpatrick starts all games and plays terrible. Then Washington can draft their quarterback in 2022. Some people are already way too early in the 2022 NFL mock draft. 
Some people can say the guy out of USC. Some people can make conversations. I mean, look at this. Tom Haneke in the playoff. Like, I'm not saying this is because he played in that moment. Doesn't mean to say this is what's going to happen in 2021. West Ryan Fitzpatrick goes down because of piss poor play. One passing touchdown. Quarterback rating of 102.3 against Tom Brady. Nearly beat Tom Brady. Like, great on offense. Like, diving touchdown. Two touchdowns in that game. I'm not saying he's the answer, but like James Gonzalez says, he was fun to watch. That energy, that swagger. I don't know much about his leadership, but he has been in the NFL for a while. He is 28 years old. Birthday was March 15th. So he's been in the NFL for multiple years. And all of a sudden, he lights it up in the playoffs. I don't know how that happened. But I guarantee you, when Ryan Fitzpatrick goes down because of piss poor play, I guarantee you, he will get it done. And Tyler Heineke has been in the NFL. I didn't know this again because I, I watch a lot of football. I follow a lot of football. I had no idea. Tyler Heineke has been in the NFL. Let's see, folks. Give me, give me just a moment. Tyler Heineke has been in the NFL since 2017. He probably, I believe, is probably like an undrafted rookie for Egypt or something. Wasn't a his fourth season in the NFL. I don't believe he was drafted at all. But Washington, if Tyler Heineke starts the whole season again, he won't, folks. It's just a temporary, like hypothetical situation here. They could win eight to nine games. He's interesting. He's exciting. Yeah, I know he's in his late 20s. He's not necessarily going to be the answer moving forward. But for this year, he could be a lot of fun to watch. And he wasn't playing like a 27-year-old in that playoff game. He definitely wasn't at all. But the NFC East Open, who knows? There is a way and there is a how. And now going to the AFC for our multi-hour show, multi-hour program here. That would do 2020 right on the God Ever Money Sports Network. We're going through all 32 NFL teams and how their season could turn out. Looking at their offensive weapons, all of those things. The Baltimore Ravens. I posted or asked a question on a previous solo show, I believe. What is the biggest question? What's the biggest concern? For the Baltimore Ravens in 2021, it's their offense. It's their offense. It's their offense. The line, you had your guy that wanted to play right guard, didn't want to pay him right guard money. He got traded. Yonda retired before the 2020 NFL season. You saw it affected him in the Buffalo Bills playoff game. Sooner or later, people are going to realize Lamar Jackson's not a passer. He has to improve on a passer. But when you improve as a passer, as a quarterback, you have protection. You have guys there to protect you. You have guys to help you. I, I give you time in the pocket. Maybe give you time to get out of the pocket. But they don't have that. Correction. Kevin Zyre, he is a offensive guard for the Ravens. I apologize, but... Is he really that guy? Can you trust Kevin Sider on his own to protect Lamar Jackson? Now, I still think, even though despite having Kevin 
Zeidler on the scene, former right guard for I for excuse me, Cleveland Browns, and then a season or two with the Giants when they made that trade for Odell Beckham Jr. in the 2019 free agency period. I still don't think that offensive line can protect him. Even if somehow the offensive line protects Lamar Jackson. Like, look at your receiving weapons here if you break this down. Sammy Watkins on his third NFL team. There's a reason. He's a very interesting guy. He's tall. He's athletic. But again, like James has also talked about with another player. Can... He stay healthy. Be honest. Can he stay healthy? You're at the receiver in Tyrone Wallace out of Oklahoma State. Rookie. You're Justin Tucker at kicker. You're Hollywood Brown. Is he really that true number one receiver? You got J.K. Dobbins. Who wasn't in my opinion, that flashy or that interesting, if you're being honest. If you don't want to look at J.K. Dobbins' numbers, certain moments he just looked like not a first, a second, or even a third-round pick. Yes, he had 800 yards and nine touchdowns. Because the numbers, fine. But I'm looking at in certain moments in big games, he's just not that guy because the problem is, like you saw – in the Buffalo Bills game, Buffalo Bills playoff game, excuse me, internet issues. Lamar Jackson, when they knew Lamar Jackson kept pass, they checked, they kept trying to run, run, run when J.K. Dobbins wasn't getting it done. Let's say 54 yards per carry, per, or per game, for 16 games. That's not good at all. That's terrible. Now I know this year everything changed, oh, changing. But if the offensive line somehow protects Lamar Jackson, yeah, the running game can still be great. But it all goes back as Lamar, will he improve as a passer? Somebody say, oh, he won't improve as a passer because maybe the offensive line won't protect him. What I talked about earlier in the very short, in the, uh, earlier in the program, what we teach our kids is responsibility. We don't. Make excuses. Well, we don't get it done. Well, we make a mistake. We own up to it. So I don't want to hear any excuses from any sports media people or any fans if Lamar Jackson doesn't get it done this year. So always an excuse for certain players. And we're all, in my opinion, definitely getting sick and tired of it. But addressing some comments before he. Move forward with this multi-hour program that we'll do in 2020. God, our money sports network going through all 32 NFL teams and how their season could happen into fruition with the record and potentially some playoff success. Who knows? A way and a how. James Gonzalez says, Bucks can either repeat or self-destruct. Exactly. Those are those type of personalities. If something doesn't go right, one play could change their entire season and their Super Bowl chances. I was amazed at the play at Chisung or I couldn't agree more. My man for now on a player out of house state gonna do continue to do great things in the NFL. 
Heineke, definitely James couldn't agree more. Was definitely fun to watch. I want Lamar Jackson to stay in the pocket more and throw, save his body. I agree. He definitely needs to stay in the pocket. But the question is, can you trust Kevin Sattler to do that and the rest of the offensive line to protect him? I'm not sure. James Gonzalez agrees with me to a certain extent here. Watkins is not a reliable receiver. Exactly. That's why he's been on three teams. There's a reason why I can't say that you want to bring him back. Make you say because of cap situation. Or maybe say Watkins thinks he deserves more money. Clearly he didn't. He didn't get it. He didn't earn it. He's never been. Like when we talk about top receivers, let's say for the past four to five years. Or three to half, four years. Sammy Watkins wasn't in the conversation. Not one bit. Couldn't agree more, my man. Look at the record. If the offensive line protects him with Lamar Jackson, can improve as a passer, and like Jason says, stays in the pocket, I can see the Baltimore Ravens going 11-6. and six. But if you see if what happened in the Buffalo Bills playoff game, half of that, what happened in the Buffalo Bills playoff game in 2021, I can't see them winning more than eight to nine games. I just I don't see anything for the Baltimore Ravens that is just going to light it up. That's going to lift them up and take that next step as a franchise. Going to the Buffalo Bills, my man, who had a very interesting 2020 to 2021 campaign, making the AFC Championship game with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Tyler Croft. You had Zach Moss for a bit. And then Devin Singletary, who he's not a bust. He's still young, a young running back. But isn't reliable. Isn't consistent. You can't trust him. If you look at the Buffalo Bills, of course, Buffalo Bills, first in AFC East last year, 13-3. and Of course, it is, can they have that same record? Will they win the AFC East? Yes, they also have to win the AFC East and get to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying the downfall for the Bills is going to be can they trust that running game? Just so many, and this, it worked great last year in terms of, hey, keep relying on Josh Allen to throw the football, throw the football, throw the football. But soon later, you're going to have to rely on your running backs for some place to give his arm, to give his shoulder some rest. You're going to have to rely on the running backs. But if Zach Moss is out, Devin Singletary, you know, is not going to get it done. So that definitely is going to have to be addressed. What do you do if Zach Moss is out and you need to rely on the running game? With Josh Allen being so physical and so dominant, it could be very interesting how they address maybe some of that in training camp and ahead of the 2021 NFL season. Going to now Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills prediction. Oh, boy. I could see them going 12 and 5, 13 and 4. It's a high possibility. But those small things like addressing the running attack as Zach Moss is out can be that next step. But speaking of the next step, James Gonzalez comes in to say, can Buffalo, can the Buffalo Bills take the next step to the Super Bowl? I'm making my Super Bowl prediction right on the show. Maybe I'm crazy or delusional. It's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. It's I believe, Super Bowl 56. I believe, without a doubt, James, 
the Buffalo Bills can take that next step and get to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying take it easy in the AFC East. Because think about it. You have New York, who's obviously in rebuild mode. You got Zach Wilson. You got Corey Davis. You got all those weapons. Yes, you got New England, who's trying to get to the playoffs this year. Maybe you see to see what Cam Newton can do or can he stay healthy. You got a young rookie quarterback in Mac Jones, Alabama, who won, just won the national championship with Najee Harris and all those great Alabama players. But even with all of that, who has the most experience in the playoffs? Or the only experience in the playoffs this past two years, three years, is Josh Allen. With the Jets rebuilding, with the Patriots trying to figure out what's going to happen at the quarterback position long term, I think he'd be very, very, very interesting in the AFC East this year. I can see it. Buffalo Bills, like I said, Buffalo Bills winning the AFC East. I believe they can take that next step. But let me know what y'all think. What's your two early Super Bowl predictions? I made mine, but I'll say it again. Maybe it's crazy, or maybe I'm delusional for saying this. But my Super Bowl 56 prediction. The Buffalo Bills versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let me know. If you think my take is crazy, or what is your two early Super Bowl 56 prediction? Buffalo Bills versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes or no. But going to the Bengals with Joe Burrow in the AFC North. Man, a very exciting division. We are now headed in hour two of the solo program. That one dude, 2020, right on the God over money Sports Network going through all 32 NFL teams and how their season could go into fruition. Bengals are, of course, in continued rebuild mode. They make the same dumb mistake and draft a great receiver, Jamar Chase, to play with your bud, Joe Burrow. But yet, they don't have the offensive line. There's more questions than answers. I don't think you have any answers. For the Bengals. Yes, I believe Joe Burrow is going to be 100% healthy. He's 100% healthy. But got injured because of that offensive line. And that offensive line didn't protect him last year. Who makes you think the offensive line is going to be any better this year? Your best offensive line player. The 2017 offseason. You trade him to the Rams. How did that work out for you? The only great offensive line player. Gone. Gino Atkins first, gone. Not a great defensive player, but he's gone. I love the new Bengals uniform chains. I couldn't agree more. But not sure how it's going to help protect Joe Burrow. Exactly. That's what exactly, James. That's why when we had the info draft show on the MS6 Sports Network, it's like even before, I definitely know, have a great feeling, funny feeling that, and nudge that the Bengals weren't going to draft the offensive line with that pick. They're going to listen to Joe Burrow. He can play with his bro, my dude, my dog, my great, my homie. Instead of getting what he needs, he got what he wanted. And in life, especially with our walk with God or in school or in our career or in our job, sometimes getting what we want is more helpful, is more harmful than helpful. Sometimes in life, getting what you want versus what you need is a very important lesson to learn. Sometimes getting what you need versus what you want is a lot more important. And that's the case. The Bengals 
listen to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow wanted to play with Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow gets to play with Jamar Chase. But what he really what Joe Burrow really needed was the offensive line. But the Bengals attended to Joe Burrow's wants instead of getting what he needs. And when you do that as an organization, as an NFL organization, as an NFL franchise, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. You're not going to contend. I don't see the Bengals winning more than six, seven games. I just don't see anything in this Bengals team. You great Jamar Chase. Great. They'll, they'll win you some games. Yes. Joe Mixon's gone. Joe Mixon, sorry. What do the Bengals have on defense? River mode. Rebuild mode. You're two. Don't have the offensive line. You're playing with the bro. It's not going to win you a lot of games. More AFC North talk here, but with the Cleveland Browns. I know this is a a bowl. Well, yeah, it's a bowl prediction. Maybe it's an Isaiah-type prediction. But looking at the AFC North, I could see the Browns winning the AFC North, but it's going to take come. It's going to take a playoff game for them to win that division. It's not going to be easy. The Steelers, they're in a, I wouldn't say panic mode. This could be Big Ben's last year in the NFL. You drafted Najee Harris in the first round. This team is in win now mode. Like, not win now, if not this year, the next year. Winning mode now. Win now mode. This season or bust. There's going to be pressure with the Steelers. Go with the Ravens. A lot of questions. Yes, of course, you can say there's definitely a lot of questions with the Browns. So people say, oh, last year was a fluke. That game was a fluke. That playoff game was a lot of fun. To see a change of scenery, to see Cleveland win in football, have some type of winning football in Cleveland, that's fun to watch. That's interesting. But how the offense could be this year, Jarvis Landry, yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. coming back, uh, second-year tight end for Cleveland, a free and seen the 2020, had that tight end from Atlanta, David Njoku. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, that offensive line. Phenomenal team on paper. Baker Mayfield getting better. He doesn't even want to discuss at all, verbally or any way, about a new contract. He wants to win. He wants to win a Super Bowl in Cleveland. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but I'm saying he cares about winning. His attitude is better. His leadership is better. When he has that better mental capability and has the attitude of, Team before me, yet you're gonna have a lot of success in your career. And I wish Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns, the best. Depending on this, how this this training camp could go, how with these 17 games, 18 week season, I can see the Cleveland Browns going. You know what? I'll be generous. 12 and five, but that division is gonna be tough in 2021. James Gonzalez says, "My dream Super Bowl." Be the battle of the LA Las Vegas Raiders versus the LA Rams. You know what, James? I think about that. That I believe without a doubt would be a very, very interesting Super Bowl. Who knows in the future? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows way or how? Finally going to my team. Oh boy. The Denver Broncos. <sighs> Folks. I know I'm biased as a Broncos fan, but I'm not going to be biased here. Is there a tiny piece of me that thinks we can get Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, there's a chance. 
already gonna get him? Probably not. I just don't see how my Denver Broncos are gonna get Aaron Rodgers. But I want to ask this one last time, even though this is probably we're done at topic. But folks, let me know what you think. Do the Broncos even have a two percent chance of getting Aaron Rodgers? I don't want to give me any more false hope. But right now on the quarterback roster, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. I would trust more of Teddy Bridgewater. I would trust more of Teddy Bridgewater. Now, let's see. If Drew Locke starts all 17 games, oh, my gosh, that would be a nightmare, folks. We won't win more than six games. I have no confidence in Drew Locke. He's a bust with the Broncos. I'm not saying, oh, give up a minute then free build. Just get this new quarterback. But I'm asking for John Elway to grow a pair and get Rodgers. I don't care how difficult it is. You think it was easy to get Peyton Manning in 2012? You had so many teams that were interested. Miami, Washington, and so many other teams that were interested in Peyton Manning. I'm asking right now. This is going to be a quick preview before we go to our last couple of teams in the NFL and the AC side before we end this multi-hour show. That one do 2020 on the God Over Money Sports Network. John Elway, grow a pair. Make the move. Make that defining move. Do it. Teddy Bridgewater starts all 17 games this 18-week NFL season. We can, I can see us winning seven to eight games. I like Teddy. And that defense is going to be taking us to the playoffs. It's not going to be because Teddy, I think, is a very good answer for the next year or two. Great short-term bridge quarterback. But he's not the long – Drew Locke is not the long-term answer. And neither is – Teddy Bridgewater, the long-term answer for the Denver Broncos. Now going to the Houston Texans, presuming, of course, that we know Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter for in the for the 2021 season for the Houston Texans. Man, this offense is going to suck. Listen to me, brutally honest here. It's going to be garbage. Let's, let's look at their, their weapons, their offensive weapons. Let's look at this. Let's go look at this arc here. Their offensive weapons for the Texans. Great, great, great running back in Philip Lindsay. Thanks a lot, John Elway, letting him go. John Elway was using his brain right there, his prefrontal cortex right there. He was definitely using it. But looking at their weapons, offensive weapons, receivers, who do they have? If I'm being honest. I'm sorry, I don't follow the Houston Texans really at all that much. You draft to Davis Mills, rookie quarterback, so he could be the future if Tower Taylor goes down or has certain injury. You can see Davis Mills come in. That could be very interesting. I don't know. I just see that excited. You drafted that rookie center out of Texas A&M, 6'5", 300. Maybe that could help protect either Tower Taylor or somehow at a certain point of the season, Davis Mills comes in. I don't know. Who knows? You got Philip Lindsay on that offensive side of the ball. Desmond King, defensive back out of Iowa, got him. He had a one-year deal with Tennessee last year. 
But if I'm being honest about their record, because look at their offensive weapons, there's really not much. I believe maybe Randall Cobbs is there. I think Brandon Cooks is still there, if I am not mistaken, folks. Again, I haven't followed Brandon Cooks this past year, so I'm not sure. I believe he's still with the Houston Texans. Yes, Houston Texans. Yeah, Brandon Cooks and potentially Randall Cobb. And I'm not even sure he's with the Texans this year. But if I'm being honest, the Texans are going to be the worst team. The Jaguars are going to be better record-wise than the Houston Texans. Who do they have on defense? That's phenomenal. You got Felbunt, a great player. I would know. Again, thanks a lot, John Elway. They're not going to get more than four wins on the season. Be brutally honest here. That's what I like to bring that that one dude 2020 on the Gutter for Money Sports Network is the honesty, the truth. Not what you want to hear, but sometimes what you need to hear. Again, all what I say is facts. I'm not always right. No sports commentator is always right. James always takes the words out of my mouth. Couldn't agree, my man. Fans in Houston hoping for at least two to three wins for the Texans this season. They're contending for that number one overall pick in 2022. Nice to drive to Davis Mills. If you have a terrible year, new head coach. But LeBron is gone. He's an offensive, so this offensive guy for Alabama and Nick Saban. Like I said, James, we agree. No more than four wins on the season for the Houston Texans. I don't see anything going right. For the but in a dream world, of course, this would never happen. Trevor Lawrence is out for the year. You have Ryan Tannehill being out for the year, and Carson Wentz is out for the year. Then maybe they get a chance to have more than four wins. But again, that is in a dream world, and that would never happen. Addressing two comments here from Jason Solis, he says only Odell can instruct the Browns. Yeah, I don't like the Browns bringing them back. I don't think they don't make them better. They really don't. If you look at, yeah, they had some great games last year. But 2020, look at 2020. 2019, if I'm sorry, the 2019 season. How that worked out. I'm not saying he's a bad dude, but just you don't need Odell on this team to make it to the playoffs or to win a playoff game. So I'm not, he's a great addition. Yes, I agree. But he doesn't make this team any better. So many times people falter to, oh, on paper, you have Odell. That's great. But on paper, it doesn't mean results on the field. So thank you for that, <laughs> James Gonzalez. Rodgers in Denver. Don't need that negativity as a Raiders fan. Don't need that negativity as a Raiders fan. Ha, 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 ha. You know what? It may be James potentially maybe call that same therapist as Becky Barnes has. Definitely. Who knows? But look at these last couple of teams here. The Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to make a prediction here. I'm going to look dopey. For the AFC South, it's between the Colts and the Titans. But if I'm honest with this team, I can see the Colts winning the AFC South by one game. Now, I'm probably going to be wrong, but that's what's fun about these predictions. Let's see how many I can get right. And how many I can get wrong. I know people say their biggest thing and really the only thing is the health. I think with Frank Wright being there with the Colts, 
when Car- and also going back with Frank Reich being with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017, Carson Wentz had his career year. 33 TDs, 7 picks, over 3,500 yards passing. Could have been a conversation to win MVP in 2017. Of course, we know the injury and the injury history of Carson Wentz with the Philadelphia Eagles and the NFL. And sorry, folks, had internet issues here. Can Carson Wentz stay healthy? And if he does, I say if. I think Frank Reich could be a big part of how he can stay healthy next year. Pascal. T.Y. Hill on a one-year deal. We've got a great running core. Marlon Mack, the backup. Second, second year, running back Jonathan Taylor. Great weapons. Better offensive line. Very great defense. Great left guard. And Quentin Nelson, his third, fourth year in the NFL. This Colts team is going to be very interesting if Carson Wentz stays healthy. I can see the Colts winning this division. 11-6, 12-5. For the Indianapolis Colts, but for any of these any of these teams so far, whether you agree or disagree, let me know in the comment section below. Who do y'all think is going to be the worst team in the NFL, and who do y'all think is going to be the best team in the NFL? Now going to these last couple of teams here, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know there's been some controversy on certain a player in Tim Tebow being on the team, which is stupid for that to be controversial. In the first place, I, I I know people have certain opinions on that, but definitely disagree a lot with the the hate of the Jaguars signing Tim Tebow here. If you look at these weapons, man, dude, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson, you got Travis Etienne, like Herbert Myers trying to recreate what he had at Florida, which I think he'd be very interesting in the NFL. Treadwell, the former first-round pick out of Minnesota. This team, James Robinson, third year this year out of Illinois State. Running back, sorry, second year. Great first year in the NFL. Great, great replacement for Leonard Fournette. This team, Cam Robinson, offensive tackle. This team could be really special in 2021. Remember, you also got Josh Allen, defensive end. With how this team is set, yes, they're young. So that could be that could hurt them. But in reboot mode, they're not in a rush. We'll see how the organization does hold it. But James, seven wins in the ceiling for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Quick, my man couldn't agree more on that one. You just never know what can happen. Seven wins, I definitely think it's the same for the Jacksonville Jaguars going here. Oh, this team. Boo. The Kansas City Chiefs. Boo. Boo. It's Patrick Mahomes. They're winning the division, and they're going 13-4. and four. There's really not much else to say. Great weapons. Phenomenal future first round Hall of Fame quarterback. Super Bowl MVP, or Super Bowl MVP. Nothing going to stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs from winning that division. I love my Broncos, but unless we have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, we're not bidding out the Chiefs in any way, shape, or form. Winning the AFC West. Man, oh man, the Las Vegas Raiders. 
Josh Jacobs. They got Ken and Drake. Derek Carr, who's in question if he can get the job done. Media concerning that. Sports fans concerning that. But, James, I don't want to hear you as a Raiders fan. What are your thoughts on Derek Carr and this team moving forward? If the Raiders don't make the playoffs, what is going to be in the conversation of Gruden being their head coach? And not having and not having made the playoffs, it's not looking any higher. So I would love to hear any of y'all's other opinions, James Gazals, the local Raiders fan here on the fans of the network. Excuse me, all boats and farts are allowed. It's just a book for farts. So you can grow up. He says Raiders only winning six, seven games, six, seven wins. Not looking any higher. I don't know. I mean, I think my Broncos could have a better season here, but again. I like Derek Carr. I'm a defender of Derek Carr, just like I wasn't a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo defender. There could be a difference. They don't have to be intertwined. They don't have to be the same. They could be interesting here. And you're right, James. Carr can only do so much. And that's the thing is there's not one specific skill set that he has. It's like, oh, my gosh, like a Patrick Holmes where he gets out of the pocket and his shoulder his shoulder movement separates him from anybody in the NFL and has the best arm in the NFL. I mean, Chiefs thinks that Derek Carter stays after this season. That's definitely a high possibility. But what does it benefit the Raiders to keep them after the 2021 campaign? Now, I definitely think they should, but if you don't keep Derek Carr after 2021, what are you going to do? Shoot your shot for a guy in the draft. So you're rebuilding here? Even though you've been in rebuild for the past three to four seasons, you're rebuilding again? You don't believe in Derek Carr? It's just a lot of men. I guarantee Derek Carr would get some offers in the NFL. Washington, different teams can give him offers. If the Raiders don't, uh, I believe this is last year of his contract. They should re-sign him. Not because he's the necessarily an elite top five, top ten, or top twelve quarterback, but he's necessarily their only slash and or best officer right now for the Las Vegas Raiders. But again, maybe six, seven wins on the season, like James Gonzalez says. Man, the Chargers here, man, oh man, boo, Chargers, boo, 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 boo. Sorry, Trevor. Nah, so sorry, get Broncos fans, so I can't have any love or respect for any other team that's a rival rival team in the AFC West. Justin Herbert, a phenomenal rookie year. Can he up it? Or does he really need to? That's the thing. He doesn't need to up it in 2021. That would be a mistake. This team, Keenan Allen. Decent defense. With the Chargers this year. As long as they don't get too high on themselves, you don't need Justin Herbert to replicate what he did in 2020. You just need to increase the wins. For the Chargers record prediction this year, 
89 games. Because we know the Chiefs are winning the division. Denver, who knows if they can get Aaron Rodgers again. Darnelli, pull the trigger. Definitely could be interesting to see what happens with the Chargers this year. Getting a multi-hour, two-and-a-half-hour plus program on the God of Money Sports Network. That would do 2020 CEO and founder. Now we're going to the Miami Dolphins as we finally finish our last five teams, predicting their potentially what happens for their 2021 season. Again, just like I talked about Jalen Hurts, but specifically with Tua Tonova. A lot of people in the media, and, and I don't, maybe I'm not seeing something, but what I don't get, a lot of media members, or some people are, sold on Tua Tonova. I, I, I pronounced that name wrong. The last name. If the Dolphins make the playoffs and have a great record, who would they give more success to, to a certain extent, or certain media members, or maybe certain NFL fans? They're going to give that credit to Tua. They're going to give that credit to Tua. Brian Flores should deserve more credit than Tua Tonova for this season. I understand you got the receiver out of Alabama. You play with you play with your friend. You've got all these great weapons. I just don't see a specific tool set, whether it's your shoulder motions, your mobility, how you get it out of the pocket here, your how you pass on the field. I just I'm not sure. I don't trust Tua. So did they peak this last season? Was that their best success they're going to have? A lot of times with teams, certain teams, I don't know, success is great. You want success. You don't want to have losing season after losing season. But at the same time, when you have too much success too early, that's going to hurt the team. Just like James Gasol says to my point here. Mammy peaked early last season. Could see them fall this season. I don't trust. I think we said don't trust Tua. Couldn't agree more, my man. Some of the organization don't. They don't either. But they're not going to outright do potentially to what other people handle with certain other quarterbacks. I guarantee you, more people don't trust Tua. The more people trust Tua Tarnova. It's not because he's left-handed. I don't care if left-handed, right-handed, middle-handed, or backhanded. I don't care. If you can play, you can ball out. You can build this team. I'll give you full credit. Great team. Good quarterback. But Tua Tonova isn't that at all. I can see Miami winning seven to eight games this season. A lot of predictions are usually wrong. But that's the great and firm reason of predicting NFL seasons and how it is going to go for all teams. It's always just a fun thing to do. But our last four teams here, the New England Patriots. I know Cam Newton said out there on a YouTube video or social media, he's trying to prove the doubters wrong. What? On what? So you can start all 16 oh, games? Oh, wait, it's 17 games, 18 weeks. What are you trying to prove? You're not an elite quarterback. You never were. So many me members talked about you a lot to the where you thought you were greater than what you were. Even in your best year in 2015, you had that MVP year. Your QBR was, barely, I believe, below 90 or barely at 90. Completion percentage is, I believe, barely 60% or under 60%. Cam Newton does nothing interesting, nothing different. I think he's a great guy, but there's always this notion that, oh, I'm critical. 
I'm a certain player. I'm going to go him as a person. It's not person. I'm talking about him as a player. They got these interesting players. You got a ton of free agents. A ton of offensive and defensive free agents. For the Patriots. The downfall is going to be how is Mac Jones going to play when Cam Newton gets injured? If somehow this happens, again, more hypotheticals. I promise you this is the last one. So a lot of teams drafted a quarterback in the 2021 NFL draft. If Cam Newton starts all 17 games, they're not winning six, seven games. I'm sorry. Cam Newton's past his prime. He's getting older. Great guy, but just doesn't have it anymore. Hasn't had it in multiple years. Has been consistently injured. If Mac Jones plays now, even if it's it's a weird thing with the Patriots, though, folks, is that they're trying to get to the playoffs. And Bill Belichick wants to win, even though Bill Belichick, I understand, doesn't care about the media narrative, and I couldn't agree more. He focused on all the media narratives because the media narrative can change depending on week by week or pending off season story. I definitely think they could they have a Miami type season. Maybe not in terms of the same kind of win, like same amount of wins and losses, but in terms of maybe kind of sucking Mac Jones is kind of struggling a little bit. Bring it back, Cam Newton. Can he have that quarterback type carousel? I'm really interested to see how Bill Belichick handles that with the New England Patriots. But I don't think New England Patriots make the playoffs. But I mean, there's a chance. You never know. Jets are rebuilding. Buffalo Bills are going to be the best team in the AFC East. So, I mean, who knows? There's definitely a ton of possibilities. The year Jets rebuild, they're not making the playoffs. Zach Wilson, is it a good decision? Is it a good pick? Should they pick Justin Fields? I don't know. Do I think Zach Wilson is a better pick over Justin Fields? Yes. But that doesn't mean Justin Fields is the worst quarterback. That doesn't mean Zach Wilson is the better quarterback. With them being in rebuild mode, trade Jamal Adams this past off this is the 2020 this last offseason. Address some of the offensive line. Got a great deep threat in Corey Davis on a three-year deal. Got a great defensive end that you traded for from the Saints. Sheldon Rankins, great defensive end. You got Quentin Williams. It's up in the air if they're going to keep him long term. Go running back. Who knows? Denzel Mims, second year. Had this year, last year. Out of, ben, or, sorry, out of Baylor. 20763. Receiver. Virginia Gonzalez points this out perfectly. Everything. I mean, everything. Is up in the air for the Jets. They've always oh, the Jets draft a rookie quarterback. Is he the future? It's seen the Jets have a better head coach this time. Robert Salah, great former defensive coach or coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Much better coach this time around. Drafted much better than what Adam Gase and the New York Jets did two to three years ago. When Adam Gist came in New York in 2019, the 2019 offseason, who shouldn't have had the job in the first place. Both the Jets, 4 and 12, 5, sorry, 4 and 13, 5 and 12. Gonna be an interesting season overall, but I wish them the best. 
Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, they'll have a winning season and have a chance to make the playoffs. But again, it's going to be between Cleveland and the Ravens. But not in the regular season. The Browns are going back to the playoffs. We know the Ravens are coming back to the playoffs. It's going to be in the wildcard round. Again, I'm um, getting the wrong format, so we don't understand how like the wildcard works. For the first seventeen, for the first NFL season with seventeen games, eighteen week NFL season, I just don't see how the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. Their like their offense was so predictable last year. Pass, 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 pass. Yeah, Juju Smith on a one year deal. Of the added pressures of what could happen after the season if it goes wrong. Will that affect how they play on the field and how it affects their winning losses? Yes, they were first in the AFC North last year. Yes, they were 12 and 4. They're not going 12 and 4. They're not going 13 and 4. They're going to win 10 to 11 games, have just barely missed the playoffs, and Big Ben's going to retire. Like, I don't understand. Like, I get they want to keep Big Ben around. I get he's a two time Super Bowl champion, he's a future first foul Hall of Famer. They definitely don't have nothing else left to prove at all. So I don't agree with him coming back, but that's just me. I'm not a GM, not an owner, or anything else of the sorts. But our final NFL team before we go into tonight's final thoughts. Tennessee Titans. <sighs> now they got three, if not the best running back in the NFL. Ryan Tannehill, a very good quarterback. A.J. Brown. Wait, he traded John Smith. He's not there. Dory. Julio Jones. Could be interesting. Julio Jones is not going to be a main factor this soon. He's getting older. It's uncertain. You don't know what type of receiver you're going to get. Is it 2019? Is it 2016 Julio Jones? We don't know. Well, their prediction, their record. Oh, boy. It's going to be between the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. First place in the AFC South crown. I'm going to have to say Tennessee goes 11-6. and six, And the Colts go 12-5. and five. Well, let me know what you think about any of my 32 teams and their records and what could happen. Think... I'm crazy. Who knows? But I'm not responsible for your physical or mental health. But this is that one, dude. 2020. Honor and CEO of the God Over Money Sports Network. Without further ado, like you do on every single program, let's go into tonight's final thoughts. Again, folks, this has been a very long and productive show. The longest solo show in my sports career history. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. I love it. I love doing this. Thank you all so much for the support. Before we kind of end this multi-hour program, I want to thank James Gonzalez and Jamie Gonzalez coming in early on the program. Keep doing your thing, my man. Thank you so much for the support. It's much appreciated, and I can't wait to see what you do in the future, my man. Thank you, Isaiah Leong from the MI6 
Sports Network. Thank you, James, for tuning in and putting all these awesome comments, questions, concerns, or anything else of the sorts. It's a fun show. I love doing this. Even if I had to do this network solo, I love doing this. I love sports. It's not always going to be easy. It's not it's meant to be easy in this world with God. It's not meant to be easy in the sports world. It's not. I don't want it spoon-fed to me. I don't. I love doing this. Thank you all so much for the support. Thanks for the show. It's an honor, my man. We are going to be taking a break for the next week or two because we're getting ready for huge special guest appearances on the network in August and in September. So wait. In one of those months is going to be the biggest guest I have ever had in my sports career. All credit and all glory goes to God. I have spoken. Thank you all so much for the support. Down Dude 2020, CEO and founder of the God Ever Money Sports Network. I'll see you later in August. A lot of special guests coming. We'll see you soon. God bless and bye-bye. his stuff uh you know he's not afraid to go at people and no player should have that much control over an organization well that's my check this is not the los angeles lebron how did you get blocked by lebron james on twitter talking about you know wanting to inspire and, and like i'm inspired right now i want to run through a brick wall for you right now i cutthroat it's very you know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. God put me in a position. It's always a good time when I get to get on that dude 2020 show.